this week, Zeb, Zeb Wells was all over the place. He is the writer of Amazing Spider-Man, and he did an interview with Poppers uh, the same week we saw the release of Amazing Spider-Man number 24. Everybody has their eyes on Amazing Spider-Man 26. Marvel has told us, Zeb Wells has told us, this is the biggest Spider-Man comic book. The events of this issue are the biggest events in a Spider-Man comic in 60 years or 50 years, whatever they're saying, going all the way back to the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, there's an echo. Hold on a second. Oh, oh, oh no. no. Don't, don't want, want that. that. Yeah, I don't want that either. Oh, I see. People would be very mad at me. One sec. All right, hold on. Talk some more, Sean. All right, yeah, yeah. we're good now. We're good. All right. Yeah. So the big question on everybody's mind is, what is Zeb Wells doing? He's gaslighting us. Is he? I'm trying to hype us he's, up. He's writing a comic book. Why is Zeb Wells uh, punching the beehive, as it were? What did Zeb Wells do? What is Zeb Wells doing? We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about this because. There is a lot of controversy surrounding Amazing Spider-Man. People are very mad. Uh, rarely, I mean, look, comics, Twitter, comics, internet gets angry all of the time. It is what it is. But this feels like it's building towards something uniquely pissed. Uh, a unique shitstorm on the part of the audience. So we're going to talk about that. We've got a lot to say about that. And we've got a lot of other show to do. All that on episode 340 of the Comics Pals. I am your host, Sean, joined today by Marco. Yo. Kale. He's frozen. <laughs> He's frozen. He's exactly. giving us a look. Yeah. Look. look at that look. Well, that would Kale, be the look. Kale is here, was here. He's having internet trouble. Tyler is here, though. I was going to freeze, too, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, that's a it's a funny joke. But... Great audio uh, yeah, joke exactly. there. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's get right into the let's get right into the Amazing Spider-Man conversation. So, for those of you who who don't know, uh, here in twenty well not here in twenty twenty two we're in twenty twenty three now. Get with it. Uh, in 2022, we saw the launch of this iteration of Amazing Spider-Man from Zeb Wells, and uh, well, at the time it was it was uh, Ramita and McGinnis. I don't know where McGinnis is, but um, yeah, by Wells and Ramita. Um, you like it or you don't. Right away, like right away, it's it's a book that people have been upset about from from issue one, just because. There are a lot of people who are not fans of Ramita, don't like Ramita Jr.'s art. Um, people who don't care for Zeb Wells for whatever their reasons are. And this run just hasn't been their cup of tea. Even on this podcast, I think Tyler and I were into it, yeah. and then Marco yeah. and Kale were not into it. Yeah. So it's not been the most popular run if you divorce it from what's been happening. But then now, when you add on what's been happening, you got 
Peter, and and there there are going to be spoilers here for what's you know generally what's happening in the current run. We don't need to go into the absolute minutia, but we know based on what's been happening that Mary Jane's with Paul, right? So people are saying spider cuck. You know, people are <laughs> upset, right? Is, is like, he in the uh, the uh, the the motel cuck chair? Motel room cuck chair. You know that oh everyone knows God. that chair. <laughs> One chair in the corner that just faces the bed. Spider chair, as it will be further known as. Wow. Well, uh, Peter's been sitting in the spider chair, not spitting. Um, (laughs) and, and, And MJ's got a couple of kids with Paul. So it's pissing people off. Go ahead. It's very biblical names as we're saying them. Peter, Paul, Mary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I didn't even realize it until like halfway through the run where I was like, oh shit, the guy's name is Paul. Yeah. You know? Um, but there's that aspect, right? Um, but there's also the aspect of people despise when Marvel plays games with with Peter and, and MJ. They like hate it. The relationship? Yeah. Ever since what happened with One More Day, people are just not here for the games that Marvel plays with these two. I don't I don't get it. The anger? Yeah. Do you, do you like when they like rupture the relationship or something? It's a comic book. <laughs> let's let's start there. Nobody is really being hurt from this. Let's 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 go there. There there's there's no actual human person attached to these characters. Um, um and it's also big two comics. So like these guys will be back together again. Peter will be with Black Cat again. Um it is just rinse and repeat. If you guys haven't figured out the the pattern by now and how these things work, you might be the brain dead ones. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say. A little callback for Sean. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, like you talk about how upset this is making people. Like someone jumped in our comments and said that anybody that likes Amazing Spider-Man is brain dead. Or rather, if you if you could like it, you must be brain dead. Something to that effect. Sure. Um, and and noted fan of the run right now. Uh I am in I am I've been enjoying it, but this is how upset it's making people. You know, people are already on the warpath. We got it. We got a, actually a comment that I wanted to read up front because it directly relates to this. Uh, and Tyler, do you have it? Is it the Aaron Aaron's? Comment? Yeah. 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 So um, Jesus Christ, Sean. Um, <clears throat> I would really like to see you guys commentate on why this spider, this run of Spider-Man is being so hated. This is the first time for me that I'm seeing this much rejection with hatred and passion for a run very different from the rejection from Aaron's Avengers. Why is the outrage happening again? Is it people being tired of writers playing with the relationship status of Peter and MJ? Also, if you guys were there, how does it compare to other situations where people spoke loudly about a problem they had? Yeah, so thank you, Aaron, for that comment. Um, we, Tyler, you you were around for one more day, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right when I started. Right. What exactly. got me into comics, partially, yeah. So, do you remember what it was like? I was not as on the, I was not as on the internet. Um, what I remember was uh, high school buzz and comic, comic shop buzz. So, in terms of, like, like, Twitter wasn't around, and I wasn't really on, you know, wasn't on the Warren Ellis forums or whatever. Um, right. But, uh, 
looking back on it, that was a spicy one. Kale, are you with us? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's test it. You were reading comics when one more day happened, right? Yes. Do you remember what the what the sort of general reaction was at the time? Uh, very similar to Tyler. I um I didn't have my finger on the pulse. Um, okay. Uh, it was very much um a solo activity for me. So I didn't uh, I didn't even have people in high school to read stuff with. So. Well, I was hyper online. And I remember exactly what the reaction was. And first of all, it was abject fear, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, it was there's no way that Marvel is going to do what it looks like this event is set up to do. That's just not going to happen. There's no way. I remember up until the last issue, there was still a vestige of hope that things would turn around and they wouldn't officially break up Peter and MJ, but no, they absolutely did. And people were very, very, very mad going into one more day. I remember people being pissed. I remember being on my toes thinking like, they're not actually going to do that, right? Like there's no way they do this. And then they did. And people were angry. I was angry. I could not believe I could not believe that Marvel had the audacity to break up Peter Parker and MJ. What? This is this is Marvel's Superman and Lois. How could they? How could they? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you had a re- you know that strong a reaction that early. I did because I grew up with Peter and MJ, right? Like well, in comics, it was new to me, but the animated series solidified yeah. that. Absolutely. I think maybe I didn't because I had been reading the Straczynski Spider-Man. Yeah. And they were already split up. So I started and they were they weren't together. Uh they they'd separated um and she went to LA. Right. Um for whatever reason and they got back together and uh yeah. lived with Aunt May or whatever. And I don't know, especially early on, my my comics experience was very much like, well, you know, these are people these are the stories of the people that are living their lives. Like, yeah, this dude is dealing with magic bullshit. This magic bullshit is what's gonna pull him apart. And and you know, I believed, okay, they say they'll get back together, believe they'll get back together, they'll get back together. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> the timeline was just a little off. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that that's one controversy. I mean, in the last uh, near two decades, there have been quite a few. The other one that springs to mind uh, is the Nick Spencer Captain America controversy. This is something that we, you have to understand. And really, this the, the reason why I wanted to do this topic has as much to do to examine about what the hell marvel and zeb wells are doing because that's a separate issue from what the fans are doing what the fans are doing is crazy it it just is um and it reminds me we're not quite there yet but nothing's happened yet but it reminds me of the way that people reacted to nick spencer's run on um run on spider-man or not spider-man uh captain america 
and how angry people were about the Hail Hydra thing, you know, Steve Rogers, a Nazi, people burning comic books, you know, the internet was ablaze. Marvel had to come out and put out a statement like, don't worry, guys, Cap will be back. Please, storytelling, don't worry, we promise. And ruin, yeah. yeah, ruin what Nick Spencer was trying to do with Secret Empire, I think before the event actually even started. Yeah, because the Hail Hydra thing was in Captain America. Right. Yeah, yeah it was in, uh, it was in Cap yeah. it was in Captain America number one, and it was it was the the big surprise there. And somewhere in there, they announced ahead of Secret Empire. Yeah, Cap will be back. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, and they have to do that because people are in a frenzy. I understand well, the Hydra Cap one a little more than I understand this. Uh, you understand burning comics. He still bought them, so he gives a shit. But like, <laughs> no, but you understand. You understand that the the idea, the way to rebel against a concept that you don't like in storytelling is to burn it. No, I think that is unhinged behavior, and they should be put on a watch list. Right. But I understand having a visceral reaction to that. Maybe not, you know, so visceral that you start burning shit. Um, but visceral in the sense that, oh, Captain America is a Nazi. That that has more weight to it than, oh, no, my two favorite characters broke up. You know what I mean? In a vacuum, yeah. Yeah. And but vac- I think pe- yeah. I think people need to get a life. <laughs> I think I think if you if you've ever been inclined, this is just how I feel. If you've ever been inclined to pick up your phone, right, and go, hey, uh, Dan Slot, you suck for ruining Spider-Man, right? If you've ever thought to do that. You need to evaluate what's important to you in life. Yeah, you just I, do. I, I like how, how your reaction is basically just like go touch grass, grass or ass, either one. Like honestly, <laughs> we we have to get to a point, and it's not going to happen. Certainly not based on this conversation. We're speaking to an echo chamber. Our fans are great. We have to get to a point where the reaction to something we don't like in our entertainment is to go directly to the person who created it and say, that sucked, and fuck you for making it. It's an issue with the internet and parasocial relationships. Uh, It's assuming because the person is a click away that you should and you are entitled to the access to that person. Dude, people have been writing death threats to comic book writers since they had to only write in, and that was the only way to talk. Sure, it's just a little easier now. Yeah. Yeah. People used to go to Marvel to beat up Jack Kirby, like... Yo, Jack Kirby would pr- probably could smoke people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's not that's not what I'm saying. Sure, yeah. It's just um it's I, I think um uh, who who was it in the chat here? Uh look at us Vaith. Uh he said I think for a lot of people Peter and MJ was the relationship they grew up with, so watching them split as more visceral reaction. Uh sure, sure. I mean, it's not your mom read, and dad read, splitting read, up. Read the last part of that. Because uh, I think that's also important. Yeah. Uh, when you when lose you... something like that and people feel they have no say in it. Um... <laughs> what? So what part of that do you like, uh, at, you know, you, the audience, you're going through that pain or whatever. You're being broken up with. What say do you think you have? Like. Right. Shit. Hey. I've, I've, I've had no say in actual relationships breaking up, you know. <laughs> I Listen, listen. I cried. Buffy and Angel? Yo, when I was nine years old, that shit rocked me, okay? Dawson and Joey? That hurt, too. That, These that. things happen. No, spoilers okay? for Dawson's Creek. I haven't watched. 
I'm oh. sorry. I am so sorry. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell in the view. I was hurt, but you get over things. Yeah, someone get, said I look like Rosie O'Donnell yesterday. That's sad. I'm sorry that that happened to you. It's true. It sucks, um, but it's sad. Like, how can you be that invested in comic book characters? I'm totally in on being passionate and everything else. The moment you take it from your own personal experience of it to trying to make someone else feel bad for what they quote unquote made you feel, that's nuts. There's no yeah. justification. The, the chill moment. Chillmonger says uh, our say is three ninety nine every second week. Yeah, there you that, go. that is it. Because Sean, this is what this is what happened with you in in Superior Spider Man. Yeah, um, you didn't you didn't like it, so you just stopped buying it. That's all. Stop buying. Yeah. I said I I said this is a bridge too far for me. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I am done, and I did not buy Spider Man again until the relaunch, which was awesome with Giuseppe Camuncoli. But oh, I couldn't so I couldn't bad. do it. That was the choice I had to make. Everybody gets to choose. We all have a voice. It's yeah. our money. You don't need to tell Dan Slott how he made you feel. What are you nuts? Was he supposed to care about you? I was I was reading that Dan Slott was getting people approaching him at like signings and stuff too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, and and he held Yeah, I I'm sorry, I don't know if you guys talked about this. I uh was in and out of the the void. Um, but he like he he had to like look at children and be like, mm, yeah, sorry, Peter Parker's dead. He's not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> and he held it to the fire, you know. Um, he loves, and, and that's his yeah. job. That's he, he. That's what he's paid for, right? And like, I having a visceral reaction to your favorite characters breaking up. It it sucks, but like, I think that's the beauty of it. The fact that you can feel something like that exactly. from art. Is good. Imagine if you art. didn't feel anything from art. If you're not feeling it from art and, and you're arguing about it, you're arguably you're probably not feeling it from real life either. So you should maybe go to therapy. Yeah. Um, but it, that yeah. that's the best part about it, you know? Um uh, I'm trying to think of, of something that kind of had a similar reaction to be like like character deaths. Um I saw one being talked about on Twitter the other day. Um in Avengers Arena. I won't spoil who dies, but a lot of people die in that book. And there was a lot of people um that I enjoyed from previous books that have never come back still to this day. Um, and like, I felt, I felt from that, you know, and I still yeah. kind of do, but that's the good part. Even though it's a bad feeling, it's good that I am feeling the bad feeling because creators were able to create that on paper, on digital and with, you know, mice and ink and whatever. And they're able to make, you know, you feel something. It's a very yeah. human thing. Uh, enjoy it for that, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, and and I want to... So, Legatus Vaith, I, I want to respond to what you're saying. I'm challenging the idea. I'm not you, per se. Um, and he says, I'm not saying I want people to have a say, but people have a natural human feeling that they should be able to fight for outcomes that trouble them. It's just human nature. Yeah, totally. Agreed. I, I, I understand that. And I understand that you're not saying that people should be able to do it. The problem is that I don't feel like that's human nature because you're you're listening to four people talk who've never done it. I don't I didn't even have the urge to tweet a dance lot. I'm not thinking about that. Well, I'm not feeling like anybody else needs to feel my pain. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that I don't feel like that's a natural reaction to storytelling. 
That seems weird to me. Like stories have made me feel every feeling you can imagine, but that's for me to feel. Well, I think I think the base thing that that Legatus uh, is saying is, you know, like people have a natural human feeling that they should be able to fight for outcomes that trouble them. I agree. But you got to go one step further and not just react at that moment. What you do after that is what matters. And again, yeah, Yeah. the, the fighting is with your wallet. Yeah, or yeah. at best, at best, you can say, "Boy, Spider Man sure sucks right now on Twitter." Tag no yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tagging creators Next. in negative things is just so Toxic. douchey, in my opinion. Yeah, it's and, not and, and, unless you, even if you have constructive criticism, I would say don't even friggin' do it because who are you? Um, but uh, it's just like not your place, in my opinion. But. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you gotta chill. You just gotta hang. You gotta. You gotta chill. I know that everyone who's listening to us is not the kind of person that is gonna reach out to Zeb Wells or whatever, reach out to a creator and attack them. I know that, but it's just something that has to stop. Um, it's ridiculous for Marvel to be concerned about the reaction to this comic to the degree that they have to prep the writer for a bad, you know, a bad time. And, and, and I want to talk about that side of it now. So yeah, Zeb Wells did the interview with Popverse, and he said, and they put it in the headline, you know, they know everybody knows Yeah, the headline is amazing. Spider-Man writer says, quote, people will be very mad at me after May's big shocker. And Marvel has cautioned him against conventions of it um, because of it. That's the long and short. Marvel's telling Zeb Wells, yeah, exactly. Um, Don't go to conventions. Avoid conventions for this one. Uh, In the interview, uh, Zeb Wells says, I can tease that many people will be very mad at me. I can tease that Nick Lowe told me not to do any comic conventions after this issue comes out. People will be upset. Um, Then he was asked, what was the level of shock? that Nick Lowe had and the editorial had. And Zeb said, Nick's a madman. So he was completely down. I don't know how it went when he ran it up the ladder, but I'm very excited for people to read issue 26. This this feels like, Sean, you know when like a, a wrestler gets suspended mm-hmm. uh, in kayfabe? Mm. Um, where it's just like, oh, they just had time off or whatever. This feels so kayfabe-y, this, this, whole, art, this whole article. Yeah, this is just a marketing ploy. That's all it is. With that headline, people will get very yeah. mad at me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're you're fishing for, uh, for reactions, and I don't think it's a bad thing. And and I'm sure I think, considering the reaction that has been had, you know, you keep kind of stoking that fire. You get a bit of controversy coming out of it. That'll, I don't know how much that translates to sales, but if it does, I'm sure that they're playing into that to some degree. But, um, it is. It sucks that like like let's say we take this as at face value like it sucks that Marvel will have would have to tell him, yeah maybe avoid a convention maybe don't go meet with fans. It sucks that we would live in a situation like that where, uh, this has been said before. Somebody will come up and just be like, yeah you're shit and this book is shit and I hate you like right. for for telling and for telling this narrative. I think yeah. there, I think uh, there are actual criticisms of this book that you can have in terms of the actual, um, 
way it's made and its pacing and its character motives. I think that's yeah. fine. But don't make it personal for the person, right? Like, yeah. it, it keep it, and, and maybe that's the thing about, like, separating art, being able to separate that from the creator. If you associate this narrative to that creator and that is all you can think about, then it's their fault as opposed to unfolding a story. I also like how the, the artists always get a, a buy in this situation. <laughs> buy? No, not for me. That's the reason I don't read this thing. <laughs> no. We're not talking about taste here. I I so look, if if we're taking if we're taking the comments at face value, right? Then it sounds about right. It sounds like par for the course. We don't know what Peter did, right? We don't know what the shocking event is going to be that they're equating to, you know, 1973 when Gwen Stacy was killed. Um that that I get. It's probable that whatever he's going to do is going to be a big deal. Cool. Great. Wonderful. People are going to be mad. Yep, you're right. Why say that? Why say it? If you're taking it at face value and it's not a ploy, then why are you why are you courting the very same people who make comics a bad place to be? Don't do that. I don't get it. And <laughs> and let's not forget. Okay? Let's think about Hoche Anderson. Okay? And let's think about Luke Cage City on Fire. And let's talk about Marvel telling Anderson that they could not release the book or they didn't want to release the book because of the 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 blowback that he was going to get. So the blowback for a book that features a black protagonist is going to be worse than the blowback that features maybe the death of Mary Jane, maybe some, something that Marvel is so scared of that they had to pre-warn Zeb Wells. They're going to let him do it. They're going to tell the story. He can do that, right? He has agency over that. Actually, he doesn't. It's going to happen. It's not even whether he wants it to happen at this point. It's happening, right? But Hoche Anderson, they were like, you know what? Let's protect you. Let's protect you from these well, from this horde of of insane fans. Let's save I, you. I don't think they were trying to. I mean, if if we're if we're talking about face value, I don't think they were protecting uh, Hoche Anderson from comic fans. Um, Fox News is not running an, uh, uh, a Tucker Carlson uh, segment on Mary Jane and Peter Parker's relationship. They're not running it on Luke Cage City of Fire either. If it came well, out, it I guarantee exist. you they would have. Yeah. Yeah, you guarantee me they oh, would have. Yeah, they they have once about the. We M&Ms don't even know what was going to happen. We we have we literally have no idea what was in the. Movie. We do know it had to do with cops and Luke Cage. That's all you need. It they, was Luke they, Cage. It was Luke Cage protecting a cop who was accused of a murder that was racially motivated, and Luke Cage is protecting the cop. I don't think that Hoche Anderson was going to get some severe unnatural blowback i I just don't and if we're taking them at face value that's what marvel told him and he said i'm with it he sounded like he was he was ready he was cool with getting that that blowback but i think the blowback from these two things is not you can't equate the two you know oh oh, okay Uh, i guess frankly i think the the uh the mj stands are more dangerous yeah like i'm not i'm not understanding (laughs) like dan slot got 
death threats over sure, superiors. Sure. So like I'm pretty sure people care a lot about this. And and I think I I do think Hoche Anderson probably would have gotten your your general Republican, you know, oh yeah. we should go find him and kill him whatever, but like the MJ stands will carry it out. <laughs> 100%. The, the thing that I'm thinking is more of a more from a company standpoint. Uh uh Marvel is owned by Disney. Disney's already in hot water with you know so we were, there's, we were yeah. talking about face value oh, I think right. that's face value oh, we got a super that, no no face value is what they told Holche Anderson the reality of it is is the lie the lie is oh we're going to protect you from yourself or, or from this horde the reality is they're worried about their investors these people don't give a shit about him oh no no not at all and that's why they're cool putting out the Spider-Man thing because nothing's going to happen it's Spider-Man. People are still going to buy it. Atomic Hound with the super chat. Thank you so much. He says, if you hate a book and don't want to own it, donate it to a local children's hospital or care center. Maybe someone else will enjoy it. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. All all of the comics that I get for Pals Polls, there's a like little table outside the front. I put it down there. People pick it up. Get, uh, people get use out of it, you know. Yeah, chill. It doesn't matter if the if the premise was terrible. That's not. That's not. That has. That's immaterial to the conversation. The point of the conversation is that in one instance, Marvel's protecting quote unquote the creator, and in the other one, they're they're basically poking fun at the fact that people will be angry about this. It's not like the anger that people have about these kinds of things stops at. Oh, Marvel burns me up. I can't believe they did that. That's not where it stops. I, I'm, mm, I, at face value, I think I'm, I'm agreeing with your point, Sean. And the subtext is the different, like the content part of this is the thing that is a differentiator. You know, yes, uh, Mary Jane and uh, Peter Parker and their relationship potentially being dissolved is different than a from a content and different than okay you're dealing with police you're dealing with race uh, one of those things feels scarier to put out as a publisher than the other and so i i, I don't think that that defends necessarily the stance of oh we're trying to protect you i still think that that's part of the lie um but not to, for them to not be forthcoming about why the real reason might be, I think it's more so just that on that content piece. I'm sorry. Can you repeat? Can you restate the last part? So I think the. While I agree that them protecting Coach Anderson is bullshit, the like the real reason there in being is I I as a publisher Marvel do not want to put out that kind of content regarding race, regarding police. But if MJ and Peter Parker are going to split up, I'm okay because uh, that feels not as uh, rife for potential backlash in the ways that might affect... A legatus faith kind of summates it pretty nicely. One is a political hot-button issue, and the other is a fan hot-button issue. Yeah. 
it, it's just but that 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 ignores the reality of what actually happens in this industry ask dan slot how real it is it was a character it was it was it was fans it wasn't politics it was just fans i say no to the book and then they're reacting right yeah I still can't. I, in my head, I can't equate the two. I'm sure Dan Slot can. Um, uh, I don't think so, actually. I think he'd agree. <laughs> He's very yeah. politically active on Twitter. You're yeah, saying one, um, one, has, um, one has fake guns and the other doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's an embarrassment that this is something that we still have to talk about and deal with. Um, it's It's really, really sad, but I do feel like there's some blame to go towards Marvel. Um, I don't think that I don't think that it's funny for Zeb Wells to poke fun at this. Um, I, if if it's poking fun, if that's if that's where it was coming from, because so many creators have had to really deal with it, you know, like political or otherwise. How many women in comics deal with this type mm. of shit every day? You know, um, it's not something that you can sweep under the rug. And it's not something to poke fun at. It's not a joke. It's a real thing. You, white guy, amazing Spider-Man writer, it's funny for you, right? But it's it's not. It's not a. It's not something that we should do anything yeah. but completely shut down and say is completely objectively wrong. So your your issue is with the marketing ploy of playing with this premise as a way yeah. to essentially sell a book, yeah. Yeah, because that's what they're doing, and I sure. I find yeah. it impossible to look at the uh, the statement without you know at face value or whatever in the same way uh, of Hoche Anderson because it's so clearly something completely different. Yeah, you know, the editors are like, "Oh, don't go to conventions." Yeah. And that gets all all the little keyboard warriors clicking. Ooh, I gotta find out why. Don't go to conventions for this book that I'm going to tell you the exact issue of and the exact release it's, date of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very obviously marketing ploy. Yeah, because Marvel doesn't give a shit. They want to sell their books, and they want to be able to sell the books to the exact same people that they're quote unquote warning creators about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The same, the same audience that Zeb is taunting, you know. In my opinion, uh, the same audience that Dan Slott had to deal with, that Kelly Thompson deals with, that Gil Simone deals with, is the exact same audience that Marvel needs to buy this comic book. And as long as that's the truth, comics will always have this problem. I mean, it is the audience yeah. that, that is picking it up, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You say that to say what? Uh, as opposed to uh, like one of the things we'll always talk about from an audience standpoint is well this is the this is that piece of that pie like, uh, the trying to find new people who aren't that becomes that much more difficult so you are only ever catering to that person or to that create uh that fan because there right. isn't another person to acquire right in my head it's almost like they're going to be mad anyway. Well, let's just squeeze some money out of them. Yep. And encourage the same behavior that we continue to deal with. I don't think as it's encouraging as... it, though. Okay, Tyler. I mean, if I... <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're... 
Man, I don't know. <laughs> They're poking a bear. Yeah. It's that's that's exactly what it is. You're poking a bear. Oh, people are going to be really mad. Oh, they're telling me I shouldn't go to conventions. What could happen? Oh, no. Things do happen. So you think they're poking a bear to the point where somebody's going to try to do something? I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying someone's going to try to do something. I don't have a crystal ball. Sure. But I'm saying that when you say, oh, they're telling me not to go to conventions because crazy fans. What if you're that crazy fan that really cares about, you know, whoever? Maybe it's. MJ, whatever, what you know, whatever they're thinking, people are going to be that mad about. If you're that person, right? Like that Dan Slot's situation is not a like it's not made up, right? So if that's not made up, why can't that happen again? And like, and you shouldn't you shouldn't make fun or poke fun or court that type of reaction for anybody. It's just bad for comics to have that. Period. What, Marvel and DC should come out against that vehemently, but they never do. Sure, yeah, because then you got, yeah, yeah, then then the uh, the EBSs of the world start coming in and saying how they're not, you know, uh, the big two are not uh, consumer friendly anymore. Yeah, watch the watch the big thing be too, like, oh no, they killed off White Rabbit. Like, that's what the, all this hubbub is going to be over, a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> and that's why I'm mad. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Honestly, let's kill MJ off, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Um, but this is comics. This is comics. <laughs> the only industry in the world where uh, it feels like the very people that are publishing the books want their creators to be attacked or don't care if they are. I hope nothing happens. I hope that this issue comes and goes and Zebwell's DMs stay very dry um, and very non-death ready. And we just move on. I got to imagine Zeb Wells has something to do with this, too. What do you mean? Like, I don't think Marvel does this without Zeb Wells is okay. Like, this is the this is how they're going to market the book. All right. Well, sure. he, I mean, he, he wrote it. He wrote it. Yeah, sure. Sure. But I'm talking about the marketing of it. You know what I mean? If the marketing of it is these articles, I'm sure they, even, they, they let Zeb Wells know, like, hey, this is how we're going to market it. You know, we're going to poke the bear a little bit. Sure. Uh, I'm ready. I'm mean, for it. He's having to sell it to Nick Lowe, who he says, you know, in that interview or whatever, Nick Lowe's a madman. So he's probably selling it to them the exact same way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. If right, like my problem is if Nick Lowe said that to Zeb Wells, which I wholeheartedly believe, that's fine. It makes sense for him to say that. Why are you telling us that? Why are you telling us that ahead of the book? So that this could be the headline. To what end? To sell comics. But what happens? What else happens? Uh, what else happens is a podcast does a whole main segment about a, a single issue of a book that we haven't done in a long time. <laughs> so it's somewhat working. We'll see what happens. We will see. We will see what happens. Um, we'll be we'll be reviewing issue twenty six. Uh, certainly on Pals Pulls, uh, whichever Thursday that ends up being down the road. More um, curiosity. Is 26 or 25 the big one? It's 26. 26. Let's see which one of us goes off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. Marco's going to shit his own pants. Uh, so, side note, Again. has there been anything in comics that has gotten you mad? 
mad? Yeah, absolutely. I was mad during Superior Spider-Man. Sure. I just didn't write anybody. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, only Spider-Man. Uh, no, not even one more day. It was him revealing his identity in Civil War. Mm. And uh, yeah, Superior Spider-Man. The problem with Superior was that I couldn't stop reading it. I was furious, yeah. but I was in it. Oh, like, it was it was so good. I loved it. Yeah, it's great. Um I mine is when Bruce Wayne came back. I was pissed. Yeah. Uh I was like Dick, uh, Dick Grayson is my Batman now. This is the way yeah. it is. Same for Bucky. I think I have an issue with them killing th- people off and then giving them a mantle and taking it away. Um because I like that growth and I like that, you know, movement. Uh Marco uh, was mad when they canceled Swamp Thing for the fifth time. I'm used to that, baby. Like that, that, that just happens, you know. For him, that's part of the story. Yeah, I I got mad um, when there was this image book, Tooth and Claw, by Kurt Busiek um, yeah. and uh, Benjamin Dewey, and they announced that they were gonna go, that they were gonna like stop for a while. And I got really mad because it went past the amount of time that they said they were gonna be on on a break for. Uh, so I was grumpy about it. I remember being in my LCS talking about it, and then they're like. Oh, you know, like Kurt Busiek's like deathly ill, right? Like, oh, now <laughs> I feel like a piece of shit. Nice, Marco. Well, you know. All right. We will leave it there. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, we will be back. Well, we will be talking about Amazing Spider-Man again on May 31st when 26 drops. It's an extended issue, too. So I think I think it's pretty safe to say that it's not a... It's not going to be a joke outcome. Like th- something really is going to happen. Um, I do you guys want to make final predictions? Do you, do oh, you wanna... easy. Uh, uh, Spider Man's going to turn around, face the camera, and go Hail Hydra. Oh, <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Mine is uh, Norman gets killed in a final act of heroism. So it's a double whammy. Pisses people off who don't want Norman to be a good guy. Also pisses off the Norman fans who don't want him to die. Hmm. It's interesting because we don't know if what Peter did and the shocking event are the same. They're probably not. But for that to be the case, then whatever the shocking event is has to take place after the time jump. Yeah. Like whatever current um, you know, yeah. timeline is. Yep. And you know, in the case of Norman, um, he does have the Gold Goblin book going on right now, but I don't know how long that is. It's just a mini. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's it's very – that that feels like the most likely realistic outcome. I don't think they're killing Mary Jane. No, no. I think Peter's going to kill Mary Jane. Oh. Whoa. I mean, it, it is usually, you know, uh, the closest male that women are attached to. So. Well, then it would be Paul. You put it up. You put it above Paul. I already forgot about Paul. What if the big thing is that Paul becomes Spider-Man now? What if Paul becomes Green Goblin? And then we get introduced to his villain Judas, and then Jesus shows up, and then it's just <laughs> leave it to a guy named Zebediah to come up with these biblical characters. But unbelievable. Well, we don't have long to wait. May thirty-first is when we will finally uh, learn the answer. Um, Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, that's a good one, Atomic Hound. That one, I... That was tough to read. 
That was difficult. Pretty looking. Oh boy, Clay Man. Beautiful stuff. Clay Man. Ah. I that what was joke, that? That joke still plays in my head every time we say his uh his name from uh from it's it's that, always that funny. joke is from the long box. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Calling back yeah. to defunct shows. Yeah. I have to I have to fight not to make that same joke. Same. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Legatus says we'll lose MJ, the kids, and Paul, and get a new MJ. The kids oh, will no. be Peters. Someone said yeah, Marowak, a squirrel. The kids will be Peters. How are they going to swing that? How do you hey. swing that? My man Paul is Spanish. Okay, those kids have Latin blood. All right, they cannot be Peters. How are they going to make it work? You tell me. Book it. Take away the Latin blood. That's how. <laughs> DNA that's what, extract. That's, that's what. That's what Peter did. He becomes a racist. He starts taking away people. He becomes. He becomes a eugenicist. He teams yeah. up with Norman Osborn to do eugenics. <laughs> oh wow. my God! Wow. What a character defining run. <laughs> it's gonna be Peter and the Jackal. A new. A new yeah. clone Ooh. conspiracy. Ooh. Clone MJ again. Remember that cloned MJ from the animated series? Yep. She just turned into water. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, she they they added a uh, MJ animated series Marvel Legends too. Looks good. I think she's wearing the same outfit, actually. The biggest villain of the animated series is fucking Hydro Man. Hydro Man. <laughs> <laughs> is this why you love Hydro Man, Sean? Yes, it is. Yeah. That is, I'm like the biggest Hydro Man fan going. It's because of that damn show. All right, we warmed up. No bit. more Spider Man. Oh no! Amen. Is that the big twist? Amen. <laughs> That's Ooh, the big twist. Green, yes. Green Goblin says no more Spider Man, and then yes. Yeah. Well, it has to be a redhead. It, so it have to be MJ. Yeah, true, true, true. But if you're still with us, if you enjoyed that conversation, we've got a lot more coming. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for being here. Leave us a like if you're watching live on YouTube. If you're on Twitch, shoot us that free Amazon uh, Twitch Prime sub. That that helps us out a ton, and it costs you nothing. Super Chats are open on YouTube. Thank you so much to Atomic Hound for that. That's a name you're going to hear again because we are about to shout out our patrons. Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals is the absolute best way to support the show. Uh, it puts some money in our pocket, which allows us to continue to do this and it allows us to do other cool things. And it gives you access to some really cool content uh, outside of just these shows that you see. We've got a uh, an exclusive show called Palling Around over there, which you get access to. You get to vote in the book club, uh, early access to anything that we put out. There's a lot of stuff you can get from our Patreon page. And now I do... Want to give a shout out to Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, The Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher, Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, The Great Destroyer, Hyper Viper 89, Momentum, Mike Elliott, Starcross, Catherine Stars, The Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound, Dan the Truth, Trudeau, and Joel Justice. Thank you guys so much for your support. Really appreciate it. If you want to watch this show live, you can do that every Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Polls. The listener polls up right now, so if you want to head on over and vote, 
for what you think we should be reviewing on Palace Pools, you can do that over on Twitter for as long as the Bird app is functional. Oof. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how much longer. And then they're saying, like, Twitter owns all the things that you post or something like that. Yeah, it's something like or whatever. Thing. Yeah. Listen, the, it's not our books. So. Does Twitter own this show now? Just our clips on it. The clips, yeah. I mean, they <laughs> they can't do any worse than we have, so. Oh, well, I doubt that, actually. <laughs> hey, listen, people don't want to pay uh, the $8 a month for Twitter Blue. Instead of paying $8 a month for Twitter Blue, right? You could pay, you could, you could, you could give, you could support the Comics Pals with $10 a month. And you don't get a, a, a check mark, but you get access to so much more. You didn't even get anything for your, for your check mark. What, you can edit your posts? Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Discord. Welcome to, you know, every chat going like unbelievable. Uh, our next book club is for Lazarus. Lazarus, volumes one through three. That will be dropping on May 2nd. So come for that. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And uh, for everything else, at the Comics Pals. And there is a lot more coming up. We are going to be talking about the Hellfire Gala. Marvel's got uh, a whole bunch of variant covers which are revealing the looks. And you all know we have to go over those, so we will be doing that. We're going to talk a little bit about Marvel Comics app. And that being uh, going the way of the Dodo. So that sucks. And then the final presentation. The final chapter of Twilight of the Superheroes, uh, our deep dive into that, Chapter 7, will be coming. It's the end. It's the end. So we're going to be wrapping up with that. Tyler, we got some uh, listener comments. We do. So let me switch to my slide, which I have updated um, with uh, Uncanny Spider-Man. So uh, he's there with uh, Director Bones now. Um... (laughs) But uh, Sean, you're trying to make me make me fumble my words with these these questions. I think so I'm gonna try something different. Uh, so we had a question from Sanji. Victor brought some amazing insight. This was a super informative discussion with a lot of great concerns. You guys stay killing it. All right, thanks AI. Let's go. Can't ever fumble him again, Sean. I Look found at that. Yo, Sean, Sean is Sean is mouth agape right now. <laughs> I don't even know how to feel about what just happened. First of all, I feel ear assaulted because I did not anticipate another voice in my head. <laughs> I got plenty up there. That's normal for me. <laughs> Second of all, since when do we allow AI on this podcast? I'm here every week, or you know when it happens. And third of all, <laughs> he went from he went from every week to when it happens. <laughs> Occasionally, for Pals Pulse, Marco has a lot of software updates to do. So yeah. And third of all, why Ben Shapiro? <laughs> it was way too was? slow for Ben Shapiro. I think. Oh okay. Woo! Scared me there. Um. All right. Look, you don't want to read them. I'll just read them. It's fine. That's fine. No, just a bit. It's just a bit. Uh, yeah, Thank so thanks, you, Sanji. thanks, Sanji. Yeah. Yeah. Are you the Sanji from the, the One Piece? He is. Mm, okay, cool. So, Dan Trudeau, um, I'd have to pay for the AI to be able to generate Dan's comment. So, <laughs> not doing that. Um, so, Dan says this conversation is a great example of why I listen to this podcast, and more fans should. Victor brought some great insight to it, and I'm happy you guys had him in the conversation. 
The biggest challenge ahead of us is stabilizing and maybe growing the comics market. This seems designed to get more for creators out of existing readership. I'm all for that, but it's not a solution to that challenge. We need something that makes comics more accessible, affordable, and attractive for a new generation of readers. I just don't think this is it. One thing Victor mentioned uh, I'm not on the same page with, I admire how good he is at packaging, marketing, and selling his own work. The guy clearly has brains and hustle, but it shouldn't have to be a requirement for creators to, to succeed. I think it's perfectly fine to have an organization that takes care of that end for them. It's just that it should be built from the creators up, not hotshot executives down. I think on that last uh, on that last piece, like you need to be on that grind because the alternative is you pay for somebody to do that for you, right? And at that start, you're not making the money necessary, or you're not at a place where you can hire a social media manager or somebody to help um, reach out via email to uh, different people, either you know publications to review the book. A podcast, get a quote from somebody, all of that to start has to come from you because you're just not at the same level as a company might be for that. And, and um, I think DC and, you know, Marvel will push books within the pages of, like within their own ad space, but that doesn't tend to happen for image books where you have to yourself and the same with like Dark Horse and Vault they like organic social posts and stuff, but nobody's going to go out there and vouch for your book. You sort of have to do that. You're the mouthpiece for, for your own work, unfortunately. And it's a requirement up to a certain threshold. Once you make it to the big two, they can take care of it. But otherwise, I think you just have to, you just have to understand that that is going to be part of the work. I, I don't even think... I just, I'm sorry. I just yeah. want to jump in because I, I want to... Um make sure we we understand dan is dan is talking about a specific point that victor was making about the distillery creators yeah. not starting a company from the ground up um he wasn't so he's like referring to those creators that are at the top like rom v is never going to package a book probably right mm. um he doesn't have to he like if he doesn't want to he doesn't have to um and his career trajectory was not to have to do the road the way that you know that way the victors is um but i but i just wanted to add that clarification point that he's talking about these people stepping up to the plate and building a company of their own without the ex amazon guys mm. Mm. my thing is uh, i agree with dan here that you know i don't think people should have to have a sigma grind set kind of mindset <laughs> um to be able to succeed um but should and um will have to are different <laughs> right. um it'd be great you know if that wasn't the case but because it's such a niche thing it, it kind of has to be it, it sucks and i think that's what separates creators honestly i think the creators that succeed um are the ones that care about it and they push themselves for it um and it sucks because i there might be creators out there who are great who just maybe don't have that kind of uh, mindset to stuff and then we never get to see their work so that kind of sucks too but that's just the nature of our industry and this country really but um yeah so i agree but it sucks yeah i think it's unfortunate that 
creators have to do it but um unless you unless you waltz into the industry from another location you know like from some other from writing novels writing film writing you know whatever you're doing outside of comics generally you know there's a certain way you come up and that involves you know having to sell your book hand to hand um you know unless you land a publishing deal and they're going to handle that stuff for you it's it's really going to be on you and that's just an unfortunate reality of of selling comics um mm-hmm. but it's not dissimilar from other industries like if you're a band right yeah. um and you're doing shows trying to build a reputation and things like that you're going to sell your CDs at the store at a table like it might just be you it might be you after the show putting CDs in people's hands so i put a i, I sell my CDs in times square <laughs> and I, I sell I, uh, rosary beads well i give them away for free that but then people make a donation oh yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's expected right you're making what, that donation what did i i, I witnessed a, a guy hand a guy a cd uh, and then asked for the donation and then said like you're not racist right and i was like oh no <laughs> oh yeah he got that mid- midwestern oh, yeah. guy just trying to go to the disney store on times square that's amazing. Got him good. What, what if he was just like, oh, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Next up. Uh, boy. Uh, Matt Murphy says, I'm curious. In hindsight, was Snyder's Justice League run more impactful than Aaron's Avengers run? Um, I actually responded to this in the Discord. By saying this question is dumb because I don't think either of them were impactful. <laughs> um, I can say that to Matt because, you know. But, yeah, I don't think either I, of them had any lasting effect. <laughs> <laughs> that that was uh, Snyder's most recent run? Like the, the last the, book? That the fact made. that you don't remember when it was is proving my point. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to d- define impact. Is it yeah. in terms of like a lasting legacy? I don't think. No, I don't think either one has a tremendous lasting legacy. But if you're talking about like what it led to, which is often how we reflect on this stuff, if it's not the best, you know, if it's not the best run, um, I, th- I would imagine that Scott Snyder's run will have more impact just because it did lead into death metal um, and it's tethered to that. So it, ha- it, it major events happen that then lead into things that Marvel is also, or DC is also doing. Whereas it, it really feels like, and Tyler, you're more locked in on this run than I am certainly, but it feels like this run has been fairly self-contained. They did have a heroes reborn event, but yeah, heroes reborn replaced Avengers for when it was coming out. So it was essentially Avengers with a different, you know, some nineties nostalgia on it, but yeah. So uh, I, I think the answer is Snyder's run, but I also agree with you that, Neither one of them was hugely impactful. Kel, you did you answer? I didn't read either, so <laughs> I don't don't remember anything about Snyder's Justice League, and I didn't like Death Metal. Um, I I didn't care anything about uh, Aaron's Avengers. I don't even like the Avengers. So there you go. I, I'd argue since <laughs> Bendis, neither the Justice League or Avengers has been required reading really uh, jonathan hickman's secret of or oh uh, fair fair i just forget was, about that yeah there may be hickman's yeah. run yeah yeah um but the, yeah uh, avengers very much feels like it got passed over to somebody who was just gonna 
10 to garden for five and, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come back every few days and water it maybe, and then walk away. And now someone else will be doing that job. I will say Snyder's Justice League did have Francis Manipal. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know what I think? Um, I think that because of the fact that neither of those books is directly driving their respective universes, they're, they're just going to be boring. Because we look to the League and we look to Avengers to be those books. And when they're not that, they feel so small scale that we talk about them as being self-contained. Like nothing is happening big enough to affect everything else. So it feels irrelevant. Hey, Chillmonger says Avengers should be a required reading. Right. Yeah. Completely agreed. What it's were you funny. Say, Marco? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Marco. Uh, but does like does the Justice League book have to not be self-contained? Like, can it can't they be you know the adventures of all of these other characters as a unit, and like their books will exist and persist regardless of what's going on in Justice League? I mean, the Avengers is the same. Yeah, I think I think because of Bendis, I think the Avengers has been more uh, required reading for the grand mythos of the respective universe than Justice League. Uh, I think Justice League is usually just like, hey, these are all these guys doing team stuff. Mm. Um, I yeah. don't remember it often being like, oh, you got to read this, like, because then you have fifty-two. You, they have separate books for that. Um. Even like Jeff Johns' Justice League, like that was kind of its own grand epic in a way. Uh, I don't know, man. We got a few events out of that. Dark Side War was still issues of Justice League. Though. Yeah, but um, what's that Forever book Evil? called? Forever Evil spawned out of events of Justice League, and so did the Trinity War. Uh, there were there were several events. That was the big DC book. Yeah, fair. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like it should always be like that. I I take your point, Marco, but I think that, um, for for me, when there's no like clear read this book, it leads to things feeling disjointed. And since those have the most characters, it feels like the right place for as many fans as possible to be able to come to this book because everybody's there, and then everybody's on the same page with what's going on because we're all reading it. Sure. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, it sh- those books should be the draw, one way or the other. If they're driving it or not, they should be the draw, and I don't think they are. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And and we're seeing that in the comments. Uh, it, it it it's it's something that I think Jen McKay will change for the Avengers at least. Jen McKay that's, hype. Yeah, that's where it feels like we're going. So I would like to give a medical update on Peter David because Peter David, unfortunately, is not doing great. Uh, A few months ago, we learned that Peter David was having some trouble, um, some some serious health issues. And, uh, you know, there was an outpouring of support all over social media, everybody talking about how great Peter David is and things like that. Um, There's a GoFundMe. Uh, that that is out there to help the family with the bills that Peter David has. Um, that GoFundMe right now is at one hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars, 
raised of the one hundred and seventy five thousand dollar goal. Oh, yeah. Um, And so uh, his wife, Kathleen, gave an update on April 13th. Um, She gave us an update on the fundraiser. And she said, quote, Peter is still in rehab, but that is week to week until the insurance decides that he is well enough to come home. The big hurdle is that he is a two-person assist right now. I have the door widening in the works so he can come home, along with a couple of things that will make his life easier. He is still working at Marvel, but is on leave right now, so no income there to speak of. However, Marvel has been our lifeline. They go to bat for Peter and make sure that he is getting the best care he can. I have been informed that Disney insurance is considered among the Cadillac of insurances. They check in on him and make sure I am doing okay. The only thing that has saved us from being homeless and helpless is each of you. Peter cried when he heard what y'all have done. It gave him a a peace of mind so he could focus on healing. You have made it able for me to put in a ramp and some other things in the house that he needs. You have kept this roof over our heads, food on the table, our car street legal, and our cats in food and litter. For that, Peter and I will be eternally grateful, and we thank you every day for it. Damn. Yeah, and, and we're talking about a guy, Peter David, who you know has contributed a lot to a lot of different books. Uh, uh, Incredible Hulk. When I think of Peter David, I immediately think about the Hulk. Um, but there's also X Factor. There's Aquaman. So Peter David's been all over the map, and I think everybody's probably read something by Peter David. Story career. It's like hard not to. Um, he has a book currently out. Right. Yeah. Is it the fix it. It's the, it's the fix it stuff? Right. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, he's been doing all the, the well, not all, but some of that uh, retro stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, this is this is sad. It really is. Peter David, obviously, is a huge creator who's affected a lot of people's lives. Um, if you have the ability, you know, to to help, um, the GoFundMe page, uh, I'll put it in the, uh, I'll put it in the YouTube and Twitch, um, if you would like to. Uh, but this is a creator that, you know, could really use the help right now and someone who's given a lot. So if we could give back, you know, that's that's fantastic. He also has a Patreon page, so you can even get a little bit of kickback for your uh, for your dollar. So. I put it on YouTube. OK, yeah. Um, it's a bummer. It is a bummer, but I'm hoping for the best for Peter David. Yeah, same. But it it. it you know the the alternative here is we don't get to continue to experience you know his his writing and his work um and he needs the rest so yeah if you can help out hmm. well it's good it's good to finally hear that you know one of the big two are actually doing something surprising yes. you know having having that uh disney insurance has got to be uh relieving do you guys feel like this is probably an ignorant question? Do you guys feel like we're we're out of the era or or we're out <laughs> of the era where like it's big two where a creator who's currently working for them could have health issues that they don't help them with? No, we're not out of that. No, I I, I always I always felt Peter David probably had some kind of like legacy contract, like a, like a Legends contract that WWE has because they always had him on a book. Um, similar to like Jim, uh, well, Starlin is another story, but Claremont, we know how yeah, that deal. Claremont. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I always pictured it was that, which probably if you have something like that, you're probably insured as well. Um, 
if it's something where it's like freelance you, you don't get insurance from that right yeah and although i don't know what the contract looks like but the legacy thing i think might be just like a retainer i have you and i will sure. pay x dollar amount to ensure that you do not go mm. but i don't know that that necessarily means you're covered under something like I, i'm surely if they have to raise one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, they would have passed some sort of um what is the word oh my god like a threshold yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um i'm forgetting the exact the word but um like i'm sure you, at that point the insurance definitely deduct yeah thank yeah. you the yeah. deductible i'm sure at that point the insurance absolutely kicks in yeah but yeah. if they have to raise to this degree i doubt it then well i think because he's not earning right now so i think that the the money that they're asking for is probably like having a wide sweeping effect like it's it's going towards a lot of different things and sure. it's weird that they wouldn't be earning even if he has the contract right like unless it's you, you only get paid if you put out a book it's probably a specific I, contract yeah. yeah i gotta imagine right. though for a creative health insurance being part of that contract is a huge reason why people do would 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 say, you know kind of agree to that yeah um, but it's got to be a very odd specific contract i would assume uh atomic hound says peter david stark uh supergirl's my fate my favorite version of the character yeah see there you go like everybody's had you know an encounter with date with david's work so you know let's support creators who've, who've done a lot of good for us you guys want to have some fun oh for once <laughs> oh well kale i have the remedy we've got hellfire gala let's go finally Yes, God, I wait all year. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, the Hellfire Gala is imminent. The 2023 edition of uh, Hellfire X Men Hellfire Gala number one is on the way. And with solicits, we have now seen, I think I counted 26 different variant covers. Yep. For a variety of comics that Marvel will be putting out um, here in the next few months. And 26. each of them. Yeah, I think it was 26. It's 26. Um, yep. And each of them has a you know unique artist and a different character that they're highlighting. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to quickly run down each of these. So um, Marco and Tyler actually. Not 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 Tyler, uh, Kale, Marco, and Kale. If you guys could just click that link that I sent in our chat, so you can follow along, just because the the images might pop up a little slow for you. Um, we're just gonna go through these and determine who we like. What are we saying, hot or not? Uh, you could do two to boot, like uh, <laughs> like they do in RuPaul's Drag Race review, <laughs> uh, and I might have graphics ready for that. So I don't want to say that though. I don't want to say two. I will. Okay, you say whether or not you like it, and then we'll, I'll have a consensus of whether we're tooting or booting. All what right. Is it, uh, is it? Is that? Is that too rude for you, Sean? You toot. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a weird a word that makes me feel weird. You know, like, Sean doesn't want to appropriate gay weird. culture. I get it. I don't. I I absolutely don't. Jesus. <laughs> don't oh, so you. Uh, uh, but you'll appropriate my Christian culture <laughs> in my Lord's name in vain. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't take anybody's name in vain. Oh, uh, what's his name? Jesus. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. What did I say wrong? 
Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you said the name. You said it. So, so Chillmonger on YouTube said, did they explain yet if this third gala means three years have passed in canon? I've given up trying to figure that out. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Oh, I've got some complaints this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? They do the gala every three months. Yeah. <laughs> they, Honestly, they, I wouldn't put it past the X-Men. They love a party. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's let's Mine get are in started. alphabetical order because that's just how the files went out. But yeah. so then you'll OK, so then you got to guide it. Yeah. And I'll just tell you who's up. All right. So yeah. first oh. one we have is apparently Iceman, which I didn't oh, realize. Yeah, to start. Well, you said yeah. they were in alphabetical order. Yeah. yeah say, that's, this, this, this threw me off as well. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> I'm here waiting for Amazing Spider-Man number 29. <laughs> All right, hold on. I got, I got, to, I got to fix it. Hold on, uh, we'll fix it. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to All it. Right. Oh, no. Oh, they uh, play the uh, order in the article. No, I thought we would just run down the article's order, but I know how finicky. Sean said, "Do this fast." No, but I'm saying it is be. alphabetical in the uh, in the article itself. Oh, is it? Oh. Okay, good. Oh, then right. we're, okay, we're, well, we'll then accidentally be on the same page. All right, wait, wait, maybe uh, but not. my thing does not want to do it correctly. All right, whatever. Uh, let's, my, yeah, all right. So we're going to do Iceman first. That's sure. just how it is. This is how it's going. No problem. Um, bad. What? Bad? bad? Suit. What, you, you want me to be excited about some guy in a suit? I don't understand how the earrings work with, with ice. Earrings? I can't even see those. Yeah, he does have. Get a little studs on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't care. Bad. Yeah, What's the bad. functionality of this car? Iceman should be wearing less clothes, not more clothes. I'm gonna. Oh, go you want with a slutty Iceman? It just it makes sense, right? Yeah, to, I mean, I'm to me, you. I'm with you. Oh wait, you're looking at Fantastic Four number nine? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm like, where the, the fuck character of Iceman? Ice yeah, yeah. Yeah, trying to differentiate why characters are on certain variants for certain books. Impossible. Yeah, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the fit. He's fly. He's looking good. I like the orange accents against a, a blue. It works. Mm. Could use a little more orange, I think, to make it pop a bit. But, yo, my dude's coming in in style. So you're saying yes, three no's, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's, that's definitely a, that's a boot on that one. The boot. I think there's a fart noise that goes on for the stream too. So the art's really good though, nice. actually. Yeah. The art for all these is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up we have <laughs> Nova. Now Nova's being a little slutty. He's got a lot of uh man cleavage showing off here. It's a man cleave. Yeah. <laughs> but the nips aren't out, they're covered, so uh it hit the right the, the wind hits you the right way. Those nips are showing. <laughs> okay. Let's let's get into this because it's like every other male costume that they've done over the past couple of years a suit jacket with no shirt on underneath no it's fair that. it's fair bad. there is a pattern going on yeah you don't like bad. get mm. creative that mm. i'm sick of it this is it's... year three three they should have they should have kept going with the the leather thing and just like gave him like uh oh, you want leather daddy shit. dick rider okay yeah you know what pull Oh, 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 oh I mean, you're pulling pull. him? Oh, he's pulling, he's pulling. Pull. He's yanking, bro. He's yanking, bro. He's yanking to this one. <laughs> what are we pulling on, Sean? We're, uh, the next slide. All right. So that's, I guess that's 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 a toot then, I think. There's most of us have, have liked this one. I, I like it, so. Yeah. Um, next one we have is Ghost Rider. Why is he here? 
This one's all right. Nothing special. What's he doing? He's not, he's not at the gala, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. He looks like he's watching Jason Derulo fall on the stairs of the Met Gala. Jason Derulo. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, this he's just wearing something from Doll's Kill, it looks like. I don't really... This does not look like anything that would accentuate him or, like, is different than what he would normally wear. Like, he yeah, showed up in work yeah. clothes. There's a couple what? more buckles, but... Why would you go to a to a party as Ghost Rider? Like that's not like that's a cool party trick when everybody's already drunk. But if you just show up like this, yeah. is it a cool party it trick for the X Men? Five hell of them have yeah. firepower. If, it, hell yeah! This is hot. If I see somebody just light themselves on fire and look at the air, I think the Penn Stare would be a cooler party trick. You're never coming back from that. That's why you do it to someone you don't like. Like uh, I don't know, uh, Sinister. Um, I'm I'm not into this one. I'm not into. I'm it. out. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. All right. So that, that's a that's a leather boot for for Ghost Rider there. There you go. Um, Pre- appreciate the effort with the tie, but he, he, gets it. <laughs> he tried. He tried. <laughs> um, we got Hollow's Eve. This is nah. This is this isn't it for me. When her actual costume is cooler than the than the Hellfire Gala costume, Ooh, got issues. What the hell? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um. Uh, is there something that I don't know as to why she's m- missing a leg or? Oh, it's underneath the, it's just in, underneath the dress. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. It's not okay. a, uh, Christmas story lamp situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not it. Yeah. This no, is, I mean, it's yeah. nice, but it's not, it's yeah. not, no. It's all one color too. Like it's not. Yeah. But look, it's kind of like not symmetrical. You see like one on her left hand. It's like pulling out this way, but the hip, the opposite hip is pulling out. Get, oh, this is pretty it. good. And I get how they're using the the opera mask to play with her mask motif for the character, yeah. but it's nah. cute. It's all right. It's cute. I'm booting it. Booted. All right. Next one we have is the 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 what do they call these guys? The 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 five. Yeah. This um, is neat. This is the, this looks like uh like the Fey, like very Earth spirit, and I am rising from that since they control like life i think that makes sense this looks cool it's it's very die the gillen comic mm. um, hope looks phenomenal hope looks pretty cool i like gold balls he's got monk tear gear on it looks like <laughs> what? So, yeah, yeah, Sean got it. monk monks in warcraft all always have balls on them in some way there's always orbs or balls on their oh their they're all male uh, no, not always. Uh, yeah, I'm. I like this one. I like this. One. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a big hat. I'll say that. Yeah, oh, that yeah, looks cool. Sir. On the, oh, oh, in the left, or the right rather. Let's toot that one. Uh, Emma, this one. Yes. I think Kale said yes. he had thoughts about Emma's. Yes. Oh, is this the Chris Anka one? Yeah. It has yeah. It, I, these things, uh, for whatever reason, this crap takes a million years. Okay. All right. Uh, this isn't it. Uh-huh. It's again. It's year three, Chris Anka. You're dra- It's the same thing. You're drawing the same thing. It's not. It is. It's the same. It's the same. One. I love this. Like the pants. I love the hair. Good. The hair kind of goes over the other shoulder that the coat. That's the opposite shoulder than the coat's on. You know. Uh, and it's of course, class. he has a coat coat because you know it looks a little frosty. And he's. Like I I I know Chris Anka has done the work. I'm sure this is a whole outfit, but he's covered it with the coat. 
but it, that, you're it's like, bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining there's a real good reveal here, you know, maybe in the actual issue, but I'm into it. I, I, I can't pass on a coat that big. You're a big fan of coats and lo- and long gloves. Absolutely. Well, short gloves. Short. Yeah. Um, sorry. Short gloves. Yeah. Yeah, Emma Frost will will just has to get a pass. I just I can't not pass, or, or rather yeah, I, I can't it. not pull. I, I bet. Pull. I bet. <laughs> oh my God! Pull. All right, I'm we got. All right, I see. Yeah, I see both your hands in the, in, the, in the shot though. All right, hand check. All right, we're good. <laughs> yes. So that's we're tooting that one. All right. Do better, so. Chris Anka. Come on. Next Dang. one, and this confused me because I thought it was upside down. But Miles Morales. Uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't like it. Saying that. Yeah, I don't. The you wearing sneakers? Yeah, dude. To the sneakers, I'm fine with. Really shows off the uh, swagger of a teenager, you know, <laughs> a black teenager. <laughs> is this Ramita? Uh is it? It might I'm be. Not sure. The Let's face see. feels Ramita to me, right? Uh, I can tell you in a second. I think. Uh, I'm kind of into the jacket. No, Bernard no. Chang. Bernard Chang. Yes, yeah, Bernard Chang. I'm kind of into the jacket. Same. Yo, what is up with his feet? His Top lane like... brings up a great point. My man's feet are the, those steppers are huge. Yeah, he Yo. got the he got the second edition uh, Astro Boys. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, the bow tie nah. ruins it for me. It just seems out of place. I don't like yeah. the color scheme either. Purple pass. Yeah. I kind of like. Yeah, I'm scheme. booting this one. We're, we're like booting it yeah. quite literally. It's a big ass booting it. Uh, oh, I don't like it all together. I do like the oh. jacket. All Moon right, Knight. Then. This one's cool. Mm, this one says like I cannot eat any of the hors d'oeuvres or else I'm gonna make a mess. Like <laughs> I don't, I'm not really wearing... careful about my red wine. Yeah, no, I I'm not into it. Um, this I don't, one. Uh... This one. This one doesn't look like anything. Yeah, I like the the whole his 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 midriff is kind of showing. He's wearing like you know some mesh going on there, but that was cool. That is cool. A little my more th- mesh needed. My thing is, like, this looks cool, but what does he look like in other rooms? Like, this is the what? <laughs> the, what room is this? Like, where is this at in the in the gala? Well, I have to pass because the the this this only works in this one location. So he's well, sit here, there here's all the night. thing: he's not the Met Gala. He's just in an insane asylum, so he just the thinks Met, he's there. The Met Gala, or, or the the Hellfire <laughs> Gala, rather. He's he's attending in his own mind. Yeah, exactly. The Mind Palace. Um. Yeah. Uh, I'm not into it. So no. let's, let's boot that one. Uh, I believe this is Firestar, uh, a, a a ginger X Men character with fire powers. Does not really narrow it down. Um, uh, Spider Man number ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spider Man number ten. Yeah. Um, I believe it's Firestar because we already have Jean, and I don't think mm-hmm. uh, Madeline has a, a thing. So I like the flames on the shoulders, but I don't know that the outfit's like. It's definitely hot, so I like it, but. I think they sh- they should have played with the color scheme of Firestar a little more. Mm. I want to see the boots. I really want to see the boots, and I can't, and that bothers me. Give me what I want, <laughs> Batista style. <laughs> yeah, I need to see um, boots, and I don't. I like it. They got I'm pockets not... too. It's three. Love a pocket. We're gonna have to boot that one, even though Sean wants to see the boots. I think we're booting it. Um, Gene Gray though. So this is Dodderman cover. I don't like this headpiece. Uh, Again, this looks the exact same. 
No. Here, here's the thing. I think jeans have much better looks in the previous two years. I think so. I agree with that. I agree with that. I love the boots so, so much. These are phenomenal. Um, and of course, Gene does not skimp on a heel. Mm-mm. But the headpiece is not it. I don't like it. Um, and it does. I think she's had better looks, so I got to pass. Uh, yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like Emerald City Wizard of Oz style stuff. Um, I, I like the idea uh, like of it sort of being a gradient from red to green, but I don't think it gets executed well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm booting this one. I think we're on agreement yeah. there. Uh, and we have uh, Mary Jane and Black Cat, who just look like uh, uh, two faces. Mary Jane and Black Cat. Yeah, they look like two faces uh, henchmen in, in Batman Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and I don't know where all these X's are coming from. Like, what, are they, what, did, what did, did Okada just enter? It's just like coins falling from the for MJ's uh, power, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. That ass. black cat dress is she cannot. She's not gonna be able to fucking walk. Also, just rip it. She doesn't care. She probably stole the not. dress. I can't. Yeah, I can't get into this. Um, I like the way Black Cat looks more, but mm, this is not the look for the once in a once every three month Hellfire Gala. You got to bring it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm with you there. So we're we're, we're booting MJ that looks one as well. Uh, Thor. Thor. Oh yes. You're into Hell this yeah, one. Thor. I'm into this one. Are you kidding I'm me? Not. Thor. Coming in yeah. majestic and togan as fuck. Yeah, bro just you got his fucking Jesus. fucking uh his his his, his patas out. Like his feet are just out right now. He's gonna get all the kinds of mutant hepatitis. <laughs> um I I I'm gonna pass. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's... Also, what what does he need a stick for? Like I I mean, is he is he Donald Blake in this situation? Is he just well, no, because Donald Blake went crazy, and he's like a whole thing. Yeah, he's yeah. What? Yeah, the stick is for not. Like, there's no point in the stick. <laughs> Jim Bro, try not to wear a t-shirt challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of what you said. <laughs> you get this man some sandals. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> get, the, get the chunkles nah, or something. Nah, Come there's on. nothing worse than the mandals. I don't want to see <laughs> Thor and mandals. Don't do it. I'd rather see the bare feet if it's got to be like that. Clipping that. Um... Oh, give, right. the so, give, give so, him the socks and the slides. We're booting that one. We're booting that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Gucci flip flops. That's what he needs. Uh, Professor X. This, this one interesting. is giving me like a Warframe villain or like a Halo villain, um, which only solidifies the fact that I think Professor X is a villain. Um, so I'm I'm tooting this one. I so this one. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think Professor X looks like he leads the Elite Four from Pokemon. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. He's he's the final boss. Yeah, this is good. All right. Okay, yeah. I like this one. I'm going to toot that one. Uh, Top lane says code, code gaze vibes. So now we have Venom. Who let this kid in the party? This kid can't I, drink. So you just give him the little, the, the you know. And the, also, it's a very Yannick looking neckline there. Uh, it's. Uh, a little, a little, uh, a little sussy there, but uh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Manny, Manny said, "Xavier serving Krakusi." Yeah, that's what he was. Yeah, <laughs> Russian Krakusi. Um, this is this is a pass. Like this is so good. It's like cool, 
But uh, the teeth on like the neck is it's like opening, needing his head up the way it would transition it, it, him. It's giving teeth the movie is what I, what it feels like to me. Damn, I fuck um, with it. It needs to go. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Last in the morning. Uh, I mean, we're split down the middle, so that's a that's a boot toot toot boot. That's a double, I guess. Uh, ec- oh, sorry, Wolverine. Oh, I almost almost dead named her. Um, so Wolverine here. Uh, with fine. I, I like this. I like this. Again, it looks the same as every other outfit she's had. Uh, well, I like the um the the psionic kind of eyepiece there. Who's generating that? Who cares? <laughs> All right. There's plenty Great of people point. there. Yeah. <clears throat> Ghost Rider's on fire, and he wants to know who's generating the yeah. eyepiece. I like his shoes and nails, though. Uh, see, I in general, I like that, but the, the problem is that this design makes it look like her toes are also on the ground, which is horrifying. Like, you're wearing heels, but your toes are extending out beyond uh, the platform well, for your feet. Maybe they are for, out. for a reason, though, because it could be to get her other claw out. Totally. It just, just looks t- strange to me. Totally? Did you do that on purpose? Absolutely <laughs> not. All right. Well, then I'm not the one who brought up the feet here. Um, and then we have Bishop. <laughs> Bishop. Uh, he, he looks like uh, he's cosplaying at a Jedi convention. I'm not into it. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I think it looks pretty cool, although the straps, I get what they're going for, 90s extremism, but the straps look excessive. Mm. Should have been bags, honestly. Should have been pouches. Like, lean yeah, into no it further. Good. No good. It looks like that's what he's got on his uh, jacket cufflinks there. Like Oh, like an homage to the, the Liefeld pouch? The pouches, uh, yeah. I think they could have went further with it, you know. Um, that's that's a boot. I'm booing. And then we have uh, Catherine Pride, who's having her Disney princess moment, reflecting in the water, probably singing a song about herself. Uh, it, it's just her pirate suit without the coat and without pants. Love those boots. I love the boots and the umbrella. Um, I'm going to say pull. I mean, um, I like it. <laughs> I, I don't understand how the uh, underside of the umbrella is wet. What's going on here? Don't think about such things. Yeah, if I can't ask questions like how is X23 a non, you know, psychic generating that eye shit, don't worry about that. I guess. I guess. It's just that's not a very good umbrella that I'm just saying. Yo, emo pirate. All right. So I guess we're tooting that one. We're going to toot that one. I don't, I don't even know how much we have left. So let's see. Uh, sink. Sink, yes, sink. This is all right. Nothing too crazy. He's just eh, doing projections. Boring. It's just a suit. Yeah, yeah. The, the shoes boring. look nice. Shoes I do like nice. the shoes. The but, belt's nice too, but yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, there's not much there, so we're gonna boot that one. Uh, and we have Exodus. I think this is the last one. This is um, fine. He looks like a penis. Um, it kind of looks like a warp that we talked about from a. Uh, oh. DC, just the way the headpiece kind of is a very got a very tip shape to his head. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not into it. <laughs> not, not not into, into it. Tip. And he cut there his should, hair too. 
There should be a few more. There might be more. I, my whole slides are all messed up. So I think it, if anything was like a teen and started with a one, it put it at the front. So Rare. it just, you know, but uh, yeah. So we're going to, are we, what are we thinking on this? <coughs> Pass. Yeah. Pass. The, boot, like the same color Bad. as his suit. So that worked out. Yeah, oh, Hellcat. I like this one a lot. I really dig this one. Yo, you know who she looks like to me? Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls. I guess if she were white. I think she looks really cool. No, I I, I like this one a lot. It's the gloves. The gloves gloves and the hair. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is out of out of the 10 uh, ginger women that have been in this um, really shows what uh, the founding fathers of Marvel were into. Um, I think this is the best one. It also looks kind of comfortable, you know? Right. Looks flat. I need to see the feet though. Like what are you wearing on your feet? Ayo. Not me. This I'm time. saying if it's we're evaluating me. costumes, if we're evaluating looks, I would what, say you know she probably has a kitty heel on. That's a joke. Yeah. Damn. Variant by Betsy Cola. Huh. I'm into it. Is Betsy like okay? It. Uh yeah, this is good. This is good. Uh Vision. I don't know what's going on here. Pass. Yeah, this is a hard pass for me. Just, just from a, a composition standpoint. Like, we can barely see what he's wearing. It's all flowers. He's shirtless. Also, does he need clothes? Like, what's the deal? he have shoes on? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. I don't think so. Huh. They do look drawn separately, though. Right? Yeah, uh, this is a miss. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Got a better stylist. I, I don't see the vision on this one. Uh, so, I'm going to boot that one. Uh, Black Panther. Yeah, my dude's looking suave. This doesn't feel like the child to me, though. Yo, but he got that line, though. Yeah, come on. My bro is styling right, right? now. Right? Look at that, know, look at that doesn't line. Feel like look at the line. Look at the Panther, okay? Look what at the means. shawl or whatever the hell you want to call it. My man is in prime position. He's definitely coming home with a baddie. He's yeah. leaving Krakoa with a baddie. Is he trying okay? to get Storm back? Let's get it, T'Challa. Listen, he... He's trying he, to make Storm jealous. He, ab, no, listen, get her back and make her jealous. How about <laughs> Yo, that? Yo, let's go, Sean. That's He's in full toxic. mode. Absolutely. He's in full mode. That's a that's a, that's a pull. All right. We're, we're tooting this one, then. All right. And then... Okay, this one I have thoughts on. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I think I saw... I was on TikTok. It was Vegan, vegan Super Kicks TikTok, where somebody said... Uh, 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 adrenaline in my soul. She's dressed just like Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> this this is literally a, a American nightmare costume. She looks she looks like Homelander. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I like it. I like Same it too. Again. I mean, she acted like Homelander in Civil War too, so that tracks. Um, I'm into this. Yeah, this is cool. This and is cool. let me point your attention to. The gloves. Yeah, the gloves. Yep. I like the, the shoulder pads. I like a good shoulder pad. Yep. Uh, and I like how her hair is up. Yeah. You know, her hair, her hair is beautiful. Is She's working yeah. the cleave. She has a lot going for her. This is a pull. Working the cleave. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, this is um uh, who who did this one? This was uh Jen Bartel, baby. Jen Bartel, yes, yes, yes. I okay, don't then. have a foot fetish and I'm not into furries, <laughs> guys. Come on. It's not that. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're talking ensemble, gotta get yeah, the feet in there. 
it's not it's not that Sean is into furries, it's that Sean is a furry. Hell it's a very no. subtle difference. You gotta really <laughs> no Sean no, gives you more scaly no. vibes than furry. I wouldn't call Sean a furry. Scaly? What do you Google it? What? Google it. Uh Kingpin. We have Kingpin up next. Yeah, Kingpin uh, looks cool, dude. Is that Kingpin? That's yeah, Kingpin. Oh, come on. Yeah. I thought that was um wow, okay. A blob? No, no, no. I thought that was Jumbo Carnation. Nah, Jumbo's yeah. got three arms. Or he's got four right, arms. Right, right. Yeah. You're right. Yep. You're and right. this is for he's Daredevil. Like... So I think this one actually kind of makes sense. Okay. Um, color too, I think. But, yeah, this is... It's very Julius Caesar. This doesn't yeah. even look better than his regular costume. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather wish. see him in a Hawaiian shirt. No. Yeah, he oh, did God, go full Dianite. 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 No, Dianite. This is bad. Yeah, what? This is, this, is, this is not good to me. Uh, I think we're doing a boot toot on this one. Damn, I fuck with it. Yeah, I kind of like it. I like it. Uh, Phantom X is just wearing casual clothes. And yeah, this is... Pass. It is a pass. Uh, hey, great to see Phantom X. One of my favorite. Yeah, is, he cool. guy, is he the guy in the dead on the Deadpool one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah cool jacket. Uh, though. Cool to see him, but yeah. uh, I don't understand why there is just one recliner here. Uh, there's the whole the whole piece. This makes no sense to me. <laughs> he brought it from home. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if he could, he, what does he have? That that dome, that that flying spaceship. He could just drop Eva, it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is a, uh, we're booting that one. Uh, and then we have one more left. I believe this is the last one with Scarlet Witch. Dustin Nguyen is a good Dustin Nguyen cover. It is, but he had a new idea. Yep. Like, uh, yeah. this is basically hey. her costume. This is the cover of Scarlet Witch number one. Yeah. I do like the inside of the sleeves, but I wish we could have played with that more. With the like dress part of it, something. yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's a good looking. Though. I like, I like the boot and the the hip cut out, you know, with the dress. But cool <laughs> this is the MCU costume, yeah, you're not not too wrong. And where's her hair at? It's just, it's just it's what, nebulous. Is, it, is yeah. it chaosified? Like, what's yeah. causing that? <laughs> I get it with Storm. It's happening so I guess, there. I guess we are Damn. booting that. I want one. It. I want to get this one. This one, this one is just a good Dustin Wynn cover. It is a good yeah. cover. I'm a. Fr- um, do we know if there's going to be title dressing on it as well? I don't think so. Right? It's just going to be this. The title assuming. is at the bottom. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think this. Uh, the the captions, you know, on this one is Doctor Strange. I think that is the title dressing. Yeah, sure. yeah, I, yeah I'm assuming it would break awesome. up the cover horribly if you did that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's those it. Are... We we got them yeah, all. Those are them. All right. Real quick. Uh. I am about done with the Hellfire Gala. It was fun. Very, very fun the first time. It was sort of enjoyable the second time. I think I'm just like, it's. It, I know it's it's actually just annual, but it feels like it's happening more than so that. So quickly. And I think it's just because in comp, like it's only 12, it's only like 12 issues of a particular book until we get to the next one. So yeah. And, and like, I feel like nothing of consequence has happened since. Like we got these big announcements, we got these big reveals. Like we got, oh, the mutants are on Mars now. The first time, you know, like that was yeah. huge. And then yeah. now it's just all right. Now it's just a place for people to hang out. Yeah. Maybe. The, the second one was MJ's been kidnapped by Moira. Well, yeah, that's for right. Some reason, like but no consequence. I mean, they led into dark web, but who cares just, about that? It's not. It's not fun anymore. Right. They, I think they need to do something. They need to figure out what they want to do with it. Cause I think the concept of 
we'll have like a whole party is cool and we'll we'll hang out and we'll do things is a lot of fun but uh, there needs to be a a reason to have the party well the reason is to vote on the new x-men oh yeah that's right but the problem is we don't get to stick around with the x-men long enough to get to know them or see their value because we're only with them for you know at best 12 issues if it's not an event and uh i forgot my other point i agree 100 percent uh real life celebrity cameos is not enough it's not enough they got to do something really really interesting the first one was all mystery. We didn't know what the hell they yeah. were going to do. And then they, they hauled off and terraformed Mars. Who predicted that? Well, pe- a lot of people did. But um, <laughs> it, but it was still really cool. And it hasn't really had that same flair. So, yeah. um, But uh, the, the, the issue itself will drop on July 26th. So rest assured, we will be reviewing uh, that monstrosity, however it shakes out. Um Tyler, we are going to skip the next one and roll right into the Marvel Comics app. So the Marvel Comics app is not Marvel Unlimited. It's a separate thing. This is run by Comixology. It's going to be shutting down on June 2nd, 2023. They're getting rid of it. Um, On May 2nd, you will be able to... um, You will not be able to, rather, purchase comics through the Marvel Comics app. Um, now, Marvel is sympathetic to that. Um, and so, you know, obviously you'd be afraid of losing your books and things like that. But what they're going to do is um, they're going to make it so that your digital purchases made before May 2nd on the Marvel Comics app will actually be transferable to Marvel Unlimited. You'll be able to, to transfer your catalog of comics from the Marvel Comics app to Marvel Unlimited, you don't even actually have to, if I'm understanding correctly, have a Marvel Unlimited subscription. Yeah, you can have an account, but you don't need to be subscribed to have an account. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's really great for for people who would be affected by this. I don't know how many people use that app, um. But you know, it's great for everybody who would be affected. Um. You can obviously then just get a Marvel Unlimited subscription after that. Uh. The interesting thing, though. The interesting thing is that Marvel says that they have something that they're going to be doing for digital readers. So uh, it says this is just a a blurb in their announcement, just just a sentence, quote, we are working on more options for digital comics readers and more information will be available in the coming months. What are they talking about? I mean, hopefully it's uh, – if you have a subscription, I think for, – for me, the hope is if you have a subscription, you can read day and day. Whoa. No way. I mean, that's my hope. That'd be great for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'd be crazy. I don't think it's going to be that, but I feel like it would be more in line to match DC Universe's, what, three-month? window instead of six months something like that yeah um and also moving people over to your infinite app which then you could um start you know hitting them with ads for it it sounds like a nice way to do that too 
they can hit you with ads saying, hey, these books you keep buying every week, if you just wait three months, you can read them all for this low price of whatever. Um, I, I, I don't I, I, know I, if they're going to come out like a comicsology killer. Probably not. But Amazon's already done that. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to find some way to like aggregate a bunch of different publishers. But no, no, way. I think I think they're going to double. They're going to keep doubling down on some of the infinite scroll stuff. Um, that and like maybe lean into a bit and lean into that a bit more because I know the the webtoon DC stuff has been still pretty successful from like a, a, a readership and like view standpoint. And you can, uh, if you can find people who want that in their reading and have that be Marvel and it be like a web comic, that might be the announcement. You guys are so cute. You're all expecting this like real thing that Marvel's going to do. I think it's that they're going to be on the global comics app or the other new yeah. app that's coming Omnibus out. Omnibus or whatever. Yeah. Really? I, I think that's no, all it is. I, have, I, don't, I don't see them having any need to do that. Yeah, same. Because their readers good enough. Yeah. I don't I don't know that they have a need to do it, um, but you know, I, I, I don't think that they're going to put any more genuine actual effort into digital than they are. Um, this, this seems like an announcement for people who already read digitally, something to help them out. Uh, let me let me refer to the exact messaging again. Um, we are working on more options for digital comics readers. That doesn't equate to me like a new like day and date because that's not an option. That's just for digital readers. That's just what it what it would be. In my mind, an option means a different way to potentially read, and that screams one of these other apps um we'll see though because we don't know uh i mean atomic that mentions be... that dc universe has different tiers which give then have different windows mm-hmm. so there are other ultra tiers a one month wait um so maybe that's the options they they're thinking about like hey if you pay more you can get these things sooner mm. Mm. um i mean if any, if either company goes with one of these apps, Omnibus, Global, whatever, that's that app has one. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that one has got my money. Right. Um, because the, you know, that was the, the, the big thing for Comixology is that they, you could get everything in one place. I really hope that, like, Regardless of whether it is that, whether that's what they're talking about or not, I do hope that they do get with Global or Omnibus because um, there should be Marvel and DC Comics accessible in several places. Um, And even if it's a limited selection, I think that if you want to help the industry, right? Yeah. which I know I don't feel like the big two are out to help the industry, but if they wanted to, that would be a great way to do it. Sure. It's going to be more reach because other people will have the Global Comics app, and now they can buy Marvel Comics and not have to have Unlimited. Um, but it really helps that app. It helps whichever apps they go with. So it I build, hope that's it, what it is. It builds infrastructure. This is what I was exactly what I was talking about with Distillery. 
Yeah. Is those guys are, you know, they're not uh, building more infrastructure like Comixology. They've made another fucking car, you know? Right. I mean, and especially if, if you're Marvel and you see these up and coming, you know, digital comics apps and you say, hey, we'll be on your app, but we want a bigger cut than Comixology was giving us. Hmm. Makes sense. Interesting. Especially this early on, they're going to be a driver of sales. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be that would make or break an app. And if you say, yeah. all right, you get, I don't know, 5% more than Comixology gets, you know. Even more than the other, you know, publishers on this app get. Um, that's a that's enough. That's enough for the yeah. the penny pushers to be like, yeah, let's do it. So let me just go over the timeline once again for anybody that that uses the Marvel Comics app. I want to make sure you guys know what's in store for you. So May second is when you will not any longer be able to purchase through the Marvel Comics app. Um, if you have digital redemption codes. You can redeem them through Marvel Unlimited at marvel.com slash redeem. Also on May 2nd, digital purchases made prior to May 2nd will be made available and accessible on the Marvel Unlimited app. Then on June 2nd, so one month later, the Marvel Comics app will no longer function. It'll be shut down completely. You're going to have to link your Marvel Comics app to a Marvel account before June 2nd to have access to your digital library, which means if you take too long, you take a month and a day, all your purchases are gone. So take care of that as soon as you can. Gotta if, love digital comics. Right? Yeah. Digital scarcity is so much fun. <laughs> Ownership, am I right? Yeah. God forbid you have a file that you can do whatever you want with and put anywhere. Um, Dangerous. But, yeah, no. But if you have a peg leg and an eye patch, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny that you know especially in comics like this concern with you know you having the ability to just have the comic um without drm i think it's funny that that's such a thing when it's so insanely easy to find comics online for free like what am i gonna do with it share it <laughs> like everybody's already doing that people scan comics and put them up every day but you are a law-abiding citizen, so you wouldn't do that. So why should we give you the option? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to take a peek Ooh. at the... Either, why would you get up for that? Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I wanted to take a peek at the incredible reporting from Comics Beat... Uh, that produces the NPD book scan, mm. which always gives us interesting things to look at as it relates to what's selling and what's not in comics. Uh, we don't have a ton of time, so I really want to hit the highlights. And I want to say uh, thank you once again to Heidi McDonald last week on the distillery interview and this week on this um, book scan report, um, which the book scan report comes from a lot of people uh it comes from brian hibbs it comes from you know a lot of people who, who do a lot of hard work so thank you to them but what's interesting about this this is all numbers so if you're a numbers guy you're gonna love this stuff so everything that we're gonna talk about is based on the top 750 
books that were counted in 2022. The reason why they do 750 is because um, basically that's just the, the, the number that makes sense for Hibbs, who does this. 750 is his cutoff. It used to be all he had access to. Now he has access to a lot more, but 750 is a decent number. Um, sales were essentially flat this year, 2022, for the top 750 titles. It, it was only up 1.2%. Uh, but it's still the highest number of graphic novels ever sold with more than 33 million units. So we're up. We're just not that up. Uh, sales in the top 150 represent essentially half of all the graphic novel sales that BookScan got reports for. Um, over 10% of the unit sales of all 50K different graphic novels sold was generated by only the top 20 books. Damn. That's insane. How many, you, how many titles was that again? 750. Okay. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. All the 50K. So the whole list, all 50,000 books on the list, on the book scan report, 10% of that was just the top 20 books. Wow. Holy shit. Now, what was the number one comic seller of the year? Remember, we're talking about graphic novels. Is it one of the ones that's on the screen? Oh, let me see. I don't know what's on the screen. Uh, Yes. Is it yeah. Bone? No. Chainsaw Man. No. It's Cat Kid Comic Club on Purpose by God Dave Pilkey. Dang it. King Dave Pilkey's unbeatable. Yeah. Yo, Dave Pilkey, Renee Telumeyer. 623,000 copies sold for Dave Pilkey. They're easy to sell. Yep. I used um, to, you know. He sold 3.7 million graphic novels in 2022. Did Dave Pilkey. Units? Yeah. A lot of book fair sales, huh? And it's not even Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the sales of his number one title were half of 2021's top seller, which was Dogman 10, oh. which sold 1.3 million, which is unbelievable. Still, Dave Pilkey by himself sold more than 7% of all the graphic novels that moved in 2022. What's the number one manga of 2022? Chainsaw Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 276 million copies sold. I, I remember we were doing the uh, the book club. It was yeah. hard for me to find some volume. Like, I'm sorry, 276,000. I think I might have oh, said million. Yes. Thousand. My apologies. What is the number one superhero comic graphic novel to sell? That's not on the screen. Um I don't know. Uh... Spider-Man. Is it Miss Marvel? No. Spawn? Nope. It's Batman. Batman. Oh, yeah. Year one. Oh. Year Oh, because of the movie. Wow. Oh, maybe. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But let's talk about the bad of that. Because... It's the first superhero comic to make an appearance on the list, and it comes in at number 257. Yep. 
niche So think interest. about <laughs> think about what I just said, right? We talk on this podcast so much about the sales of Western comics and how physical comics is the dominant space of Western comics, floppies and things like that, right? But when you look away from the floppy market and you get into the book market and you get into graphic novels and you get into what's selling at Barnes and Noble and other places like that, now it tells a completely different story. This is the first book from the big two at 257. That's the number it appeared out of 750. Yep. Marvel had one title, just one, in the entire 750. That's better than they did in 2021 because in 2021 they had zero. What book was it? <laughs> you want to give a quick guess? I have no idea, honestly. Marvel trades are so impenetrable because they're all volumes and they're all numbered. And It's it's Moon Knight. Moon Knight Hell by yeah. Lemire and Swal- Smallwood. Hell yeah. Huh. A $35 Moon Knight collection. That's a good-ass book, too. The number one non-manga graphic novel that was also not for young readers was Mouse at number 25. Oh, well, yeah. Wow. Yep. Even after the book bannings? That that makes a lot of sense, the book bannings, yeah. Um, Are there – do you know, are there – any of the European books That's on the you know, Tintin asterisks. Um... So of the data that I have, I don't, I don't see those books. Yeah. But I think this is only related to sales here in the West. I don't think this is, or I, I know how that sounds in, in America. Is that I think, the American market? Yeah. The yeah. American market. Yeah. yeah okay. Thank you. Um, so Image only had really Saga. They were down 12% from 2021. That's IDW, exciting. on the other hand, did fantastically with TMT, the last Ronin. Oh, um, yeah. That gave them a 10% rise over 2021. DC Comics. Sorry, go ahead, Kill. Wait, did the cat just sneeze? No, he knocked my... Just, it just bumped into the microphone yeah. and knocked his... Uh... He knocked my... Uh, my uh... <laughs> What do you call this, Marco? The thing for the mic? Pop filter. Pop yeah. filter, yeah. And yeah, the Tyler's... look he gave me once he realized he knocked it off, he looked horrified that he did it. <laughs> Tyler's cat and does not like that Tyler does the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I agree 100% with Atomic Hound. The fact that we have a story 35 years old as the top seller speaks but does not sell volumes. I agree. I think that you know you can definitely get away with saying, "Oh, well, it's about the movie." I think that's that's certainly true. But what does it say that there's not a new Batman book that could lead sales like that? Why is the biggest seller something from forty years ago? That's not that's not tremendous for us. I, I think it's uh, it reminds me of like when I first got into comics. Right, you get the big the the big titles, the one that people are like, "Oh, you need to read your Watchmen. You need to read." your uh v for vendetta like this feels uh like a a classic story to get into the medium and yeah. i don't think that that's happened for newer books where oh this has become a long-standing this or this will become a long-standing uh go-to where maybe something like hoxbox might at some point 
But really, if you want to get into the X-Men, oh, go check out the old Claremont, the Claremont stuff from like 30, 40 years ago. Because yeah. that is the, uh, those are the, hmm. the classics, the long-standing titles that you are required reading. Quote, unquote. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a that's a valid point. I just feel like I wish I wish for me this is not a great story for DC Comics or for for comics in general. Um, this is not a great look. Um, it it does just doesn't bode very well. Uh, and and when you look at this, DC Comics was actually number six in terms of non manga publishers. They only had twenty titles in the top seven fifty. Um, and in twenty fourteen they had one hundred and thirty one. Now, obviously, manga is huge now, and 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 you know, kids' comics and things like that. But uh, this article is also smart to point out that um, the deliberate dismantling of DC's sales department must also be mentioned. DC's unit sales were down thirteen point five percent from twenty twenty one, but it was their best, their eighth best year since two thousand seven. So things are not tremendous for DC, but they're faring far better than better than Marvel, which they just seem to have thrown their hands up with doing well outside of you know that's wild moon knight's doing better than spider-man avengers captain america i mean well deserved honestly it's a different world it's a different world so uh those are the things that i really wanted to point out um i like to talk about this every year just to give us a, a picture of what we're looking at and something to think about for the year as it relates to comic sales um damn marvel marvel and dc gotta do better I always wish they released the raw data for this to like manipulate however you want, but unfortunately. Um keep talking. You guys keep talking. I think it I think it really just goes to show how, you know, little influence superhero comics actually have. You know, like we make a big stink of it, but it's not like it's really not that big a deal and it it um you know it really really reinforces uh you know what dan didio said in that interview is like if they stick with another genre any other genre they would have a bigger slice of the pie but they don't want it it's an ip farm that's all it is that's that's the real money is in the ip well, but I mean, you know, how does that explain, you know, the the nineties, the two thousands, you know, or, like, or even now, like they're the biggest movies, but it doesn't mean stuff for comics. Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like something is sli- something is slipping away from Marvel and DC. They're getting less of the market share. Um, when you're when you when you look outside of you know weekly floppies, um, less and less every year, and you know that money's going elsewhere or it's not going anywhere, and that's either way you slice it, it that's bad for both of them, and I think what's bad for DC and Marvel is generally speaking bad for Western comics, um, at least as we cover them, the what we discuss and what we follow, um. The- uh, just looking at the um so at the at this list over here so cat yeah. cat kid comics is the first one two three titles followed by dogman at number four mm-hmm. 
I'll buy something uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, but then the rest are just just manga, Chainsaw Man, Spy Family, Demon Slayer, um, and then it goes back into some mixture of Dave Pilkey stuff, more Chainsaw Man, more manga. Yeah, the first twenty is literally just Dave Pilkey and manga. Yeah, if Marvel and DC and and frankly the other publishers as well, they're not um, they're not exempt. If they can't translate the Dave Pilkey fans into fans of their stuff, then I don't know how much time we have left. And we're talking about a a decade scale, right? But we can't just afford to lose another generation. Which is wild because, like, this means that there's volume. There are people who are interested in comics that the big two cannot bring into the fold for superhero stuff or for the, the, the IP that they manage, right? So, like, does it mean that this is this is the thing where it's like, all right, does it does this mean we put out a line of kid focused books? Do we hire Dave Pilkey to do something at Marvel? Do we hire you know Tatsuki Fujimoto to do a Spider Man manga? Like, where is the collaboration therein? Who's gonna Who's gonna buy that? But 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 what I'm saying is like people are buying Dave Pilkey's books. For Dave Pilkey, right? I don't think so. Mm. No, they're buying it for Dogman. Kids don't know yeah. who Dave Pilkey is, yeah. Yeah. and for they're Dog buying for the for... format of it. Uh, maybe it's like Goosebumps in graphic novel form. Like I don't even think kids connect the idea that they're reading comics. Like I sure. don't think that they're going, you know, like right. Like we were reading comics back in the day, and we didn't even know it. Like with yeah. Un- Captain Underpants and all that. Like I wasn't even thinking like that. Um, and so the fact that like these people are comics readers, they just don't know it. They need to get that message. Yeah, They need to get that message. And so here's a fun fact for you that I forgot to say. Every Marvel licensee yep. sold better than Marvel with Marvel's own products this year. Every one of them, as far as comics go. Which proves the want for superheroes is not the issue. Mm-hmm. People love Spider-Man. Yeah, it's it's Absolutely. marketing and it's formatting, really. So then, just the formatting, right? Like, is that not the lesson? Or have I don't think a they, sub- the, the Marvel and DC don't care to though. It, it's, but it's weird that you see this, you see this scale, and go, yeah, we'll leave it there. I don't think they are, but I think they don't know how to access it because our market. Us and the generation before us, again, from that Dandidio interview, they fucked it. Yeah. Our our shops only sell what owners want to sell or what will get them, you know, to the next month's rent. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And like this is like accessibility where you'll have these books at a scholastic fair. Yeah. Um, try try to go get a floppy at a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, no. happening. Yo, I used to man- uh, I used to manage at a Barnes and Noble. I would I would like organize them in a certain way, and I put out the ones I liked mo- most in the front. Well, um, yeah. See, Tyler's uh, part of the problem. <laughs> but but Top Lane's right. It's like they're owned by big parent companies, where this is such a small slice of their pie. I don't think they care. But if it but, was Marvel by themselves still, or DC by themselves before Warner, um, they would be making changes. But 
It's not. I don't think they would. But but we know that's not true. We know that's not true because DC's been hounded for years. They've been hounded for years about their sales. DC deserves credit. They have tried. tried, Like I'm not like you know not they haven't done everything, but they've put out kids books. They've 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 used creators who seem to be able to speak to young adults, and they put them on these books. And they're not floppies. They're graphic novels. And they're putting ads in in movie theaters and James Gunn's talking about the books and they're putting ads on AEW shows and, you know, these different things on HBO Max. Like they're trying, but it's not working. Like it's working better than Marvel, clearly, in that way, but something's not connecting. Like I, I just said all the licensees sold better than Marvel, but what does that mean? Miles Morales Shockwaves sold 42k copies through Scholastic. Right. Which let's those be are, real. That, those those are numbers Miles Morales the the comic book dreams of. Numbers the the Miles Morales com, Miles Morales comic dreams of pales in comparison to Dogman. Dwarfed by Dogman. Unattainable. Miles Morales has a television show on every day. Every day of the week, there's a show called Spidey and Friends that he's on, and he can't sell more than 40K in Scholastic? Yeah. What's happening? Do you think there's any ever a world where DC or Marvel says, hey, Dave Pilkey? No. Simply I don't think, no. I don't think it's a world where he says yes. Yeah, that's yeah, I don't need to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like he'd, he'd chuckle. Like, that's cute. Yeah. It, it'd be like them trying to get Bill Waters. Sure. Fair. Yeah. But that that's the pl- those are the places that they have to like find a creator to delve into to to take that but like a I I think it needs to be like a Marvel uh a Marvel new character, new IP where Dogman was a brand new creation, Catman therein was a brand new creation and it needs to be something new, not that is attached to the superhero stuff. Because there's already an uh, an association to those characters where it's like, oh, this is going to be another XYZ superhero book versus they won't, they won't do it. We right. know they won't do it. Hmm. Well, let's say that happens. Um, let's say they bring on, let's say Dave Pilkey agreed and he created a new character for Marvel and it was released the same way that Dave Pilkey books are released. Like, no funny business. It's just Marvel saying, we'll give you the money, make us a hit. Sure. However, you have to. So they get their hit. And they, and Dave Pilkey makes it, and, and it's not a Marvel character. It's not Spider-Man. It's some new character, no, no kooky character, right? Then what happens? It's Marvel's money, right? They put the money into it, and they're getting money back. But how does that change the trajectory of comics marvel still will always have to sell spider-man to make a buck they have to so how do you get people to buy it but now you're now you're you have a group of people who are in the door for a marvel book oh wait they're in the door for a dave pilkey book because you sold them on that the marvel go ahead uh, sorry but but you'd also said that though let's say that that demographic is not there for dave pilkey they're there for the character. Yes, absolutely. But again, yeah, so now Marvel has a Dave Pilkey book on their stands, right? Scholastic is selling and all that. How does that translate 
into a person, a child, right? We're talking about young readership now going, wow, I'm reading comics. This was published by Marvel. I'm going to get more Marvel comics. And then you have to make the leap to go, okay, now where do I get them? Oh, shoot. Wow. This Moon Knight book is so huge. I love Moon Knight. I watched it on TV. Oh, my God. It's $30. My mom's not buying that. Guess I don't read it. Yeah. Yep. And even when, like, even when I was reading Captain Underpants, like, I did that. What You're right, Sean. That was not comics to me. That was not the same thing my dad had in a box in the attic. Right. You know? Yep. Completely separate thing. And and what has Marco said for six years? Oh, I didn't read comics because uh, comics were dirty. That was like a that was a, a, a thing. Haven't you said that, Marco? That comics Marco had a bad reputation comics. and dirty? you know they it was like oh, low art, low art. Yeah, 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 like they're like you, you don't you shouldn't be reading that. You should be reading it's, a book. It was different, from dirty. Well, I couldn't I couldn't think of his exact verbiage at the, the moment. But the, but the the sentiment stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and, get what you're saying. And I don't think that even now today, with how popular superheroes are, that that stink is gone. I don't. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. People. That's, yeah. That's an American market thing. Yep. You know. Um. That's probably. I bet that's a carryover from the newsstand. They did you it. Know. Yeah, they did it to themselves. The, the European market, you know, their um, even their superhero books are treated with way more respect than we treat them. Their uh, graphic novels, even even the the t you know the the trade paperbacks, are gorgeous hardcovers. You know, and they're the same price, um, and they're you know they're incredible, and nice to look at, nice to have it on a shelf. You could see the. The two I have here, this orange and white one on my shelf, they look real nice. I was on the phone with a friend yesterday, and he said to me, man, I love that you're my friend because, you know, you keep up with comics and you get, you know, I get to hear from you what's going on and I get to keep up through you. And, you know, divorced from how I feel about him, like that doesn't make me feel good. I would rather that you go buy the book. Why is it that people would rather hear us or others talk about what happens in comics, read commentary about what happens in comics, but not actually read comics? Something's wrong. And I sincerely hope that Marvel and DC and others put their heads together to figure it out. But something is not connected. But it could be a problem that they created 40 years ago that's just not solvable. Who knows? I I genuinely think it is. I agree. To be I, honest with you, I I I think I've especially since I've started like watching all of these soap operas and everything. I am more and more convinced superhero comics are just soap operas. One hundred percent. You don't just you don't just watch a soap opera. You have to devote time to all of it, and you have to like give and take with every character. And if you're a fan, that's fine. You know, and, and that sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the, the Spider-Man controversy. Oh, they're acting out of character. Uh, well, give it 10 minutes. They'll change your mind. Right. I mean, I've, you know, I've been watching this one particular soap opera for six months now. I've seen it 15 times with one character. It's, you know, it's it's stuff that shifts and flows and ebbs. and But at the same time. It's impenetrable. Hmm. 
and they made it that way. Right. It's not meant to be anything other than that. And maybe that's just something we have to accept. I don't think that's yeah. the worst thing in the world, but it just doesn't lead to growth. And that's, that's what, what I think. We're seeing. Uh, when, I, when I think of the book market, I don't think in comic books. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you guys for sticking through that. I love those kinds of conversations. Not to be all doom and gloom, obviously. That is not our that is not our thing here. Um, we just want to report the numbers as they are. And, you know, I feel like if you love comics today, you'll love them tomorrow. Um, I'm hopeful that we can get the younger crop to also love comics and knowing that they love comics. They do love comics. Kids do love comics. They just don't know that they do. Whether you're reading a manga, whether you're reading Dog Man, you love comics. But last last point on this. Go ahead. Uh, do you think there's an education issue on like accepting that as readable material where in, in the classrooms you'll only have these books and so there isn't an actual distinction between I'm reading a book versus a comic and then I can't make that separation in my head and I don't know that I need to devote a different way of reading or uh, discover this medium in a different way. I think it's so dependent on other factors that depended on parenting, dependent on school, teacher, um, teacher, school, yeah, principal, librarian. Yeah. I don't think you can paint with any big paintbrush to, yeah, to narrow that down. I, I think that's changing for sure. But I think with all this junk happening in America with, you know, book bans and yeah. library shutdowns and, you know, I, 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 I think a lot of that is changing. Mm. There's literally no good reason at all why Miles Morales doesn't have an ongoing graphic novel series like Dogman that has its completely separate continuity where every single one of them is about him learning a positive lesson that can be imparted onto kids. There's no reason. Yeah. Young readers would eat that up. Why is that not happening? I don't care about it. I'm not a kid. It's not for me. Sell a million. Why not? Who are you worried about? What's right. what's stopping you from doing that? And it's also building IP. You can build you can do champions. Champions could be your kids' team book, you know? And they don't have to fight. They don't no. have to fight. I don't know if Dogman fights. He probably doesn't. But Miles Morales doesn't have to fight. Spider-Man doesn't always fight to solve his problems. He thinks. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? You know, Miles has a family, he's got a support system. Tell stories about him in school. You know? Tell stories about his family, you know, stuff. I don't trauma. Know. I could go on all day. It's just, it seems so, I know it's hard, but it seems really obvious. Meet, meet people where they live. Yep. Yep. You guys know how we end things here. At least we have for several weeks. This is the end, though, of that. This is the end of our presentation on Alan Moore's Twilight of the Superheroes. We have done this for seven weeks. We missed Damn. one because of Jeff Johns, but otherwise we've done seven of these. And the story's over. We got through the story last week. Um, we resolved everything. The big fight's over. And I really wanted to do one last chapter because I wanted to talk about what's gone on outside of the story since then. And to be honest, 
in some ways, I think what's happened since is maybe more interesting. Um, because Twilight does have a legacy. No one's ever seen it come to life. It doesn't exist outside of a proposal, but it has a legacy and it has a story unto itself. So let's talk about it. This is our final deep dive into Twilight of the Superheroes. This is part seven. It took eight years before the Twilight pitch document made it onto the internet. So from 87 to 95. We all know that in the intervening time, Alan Moore was no longer working with DC. He took his ball and went home and, you know, clearly has had a vendetta against them ever since. Some people think it's rightful. Some people don't. One of the major conversations going on on the internet at that time in 95, when it first came out, was whether or not it was even real. There were a lot of people who did not believe that the Twilight Pitch document was real. Then, once it was confirmed to be real, they didn't believe that it was written by Alan Moore. <laughs> Even though I feel like it's obviously written by Alan Moore, but... Yeah. Um, it's bondage, of course it is. Yeah. Um, you might be about to say this, and I apologize if you are. Who, uh, who confirmed it? Do you know? So... This is all everything that all, essentially everything I'm, I'm going to be talking about is based on Google groups and online chats and things like that. And so a lot of creators have said, actually, that they have read it. Um, this is getting a little ahead of it. So don't let's not linger on it. But Mark, Mark Wade read it in 88, I think he said, or 89, somewhere in there, um, because he was an editor at DC at the time. So even at that point, a lot of people in the know knew it existed. Um, and then one of those people leaked it. And once it was out, people started to confirm the veracity of it. Um, but a lot of people were questioning whether it was too dark, whether it should have existed at all. If you can put yourself in the mind of somebody who was reading this pitch document in 95, right? You still haven't seen a lot of the ways that things would go. Remember, this is pre, um, I believe, 95. Is, is, is it still pre-Kingdom pre Come? Just By just like a year, I think. Maybe. I think Kingdom Come is 96. Okay. So th there yeah. were... 96. Yeah. Okay. So this is... So we're, we're still pre-Kingdom Come, although it's it's in the works. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're pre a lot of things that people think about today... Like even uh uh what's it called uh, Game of Thrones obviously the books but like television wise the the massive popularity we're behind all that that hasn't happened yet so a lot of these ideas are genuinely new to people and they were surprising and people couldn't accept them people really hated the idea of um of the uh, the Marvel family incests which <laughs> I get why you would hate that wonder why um and so much of that would be baked into um english sort of royals culture hmm. they marry their cousins all the time true and that's not even like blasphemous to say or whatever like the the queen that just died uh her husband was literally like her first cousin and they do it for a specific reason they're trying to keep 
the bloodline, right? Isn't I'm that sure the whole? Yeah, I'm sure that's yeah. uh... nice. I wanted to read a comment. I first of all, I wanted to do a whole episode just reading the comments from the Google group for between the years ninety five and ninety eight. It's amazing. It is amazing. Maybe I'll do like a Patreon thing for that. Oh, that'd but be good. I, I wanted to read one in particular because I think I think this one will intrigue us all. And it's written by an individual. I can't confirm if this is the same person, but it's written by somebody who refers to themselves as Al Ewing. Whoa. And it says, I always thought, I'm sorry, this is in reference to the Marvel family incest. He says, I always thought that rang fairly true. Remember, you had saucy old Uncle Marvel hanging around with all the young kids and then taking his clothes off at every opportunity to reveal a kinky red body stock. I'm sure young Billy was corrupted by that old fiend. Anyway, all superheroes are pervs. And if you're also an adolescent boy, I'd have thought that only compounded the problem. Here's hoping for the talky-tawny bestiality scene. Cheers, Al. Coming soon to X Men Red. Oh no! <laughs> so it's again, I don't cheek, know Mark, that right? this is clearly tongue in cheek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, again, we don't know that that's the Al Ewing. That smells I like will, British humor. Though. I will admit, it <laughs> kind of feels like him. And there are a lot of other creators, by the way, that are in these comments. Okay, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, Warren Ellis is there. Uh, I saw um, shit. I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but there were a lot of creators there that were commenting. So. Um, obviously, Al Ewing would have been a young man at that point, probably not a creator. Anyway, the Twilight pitch document was something that people could not readily find. Almost as much as people were commenting on it, maybe double that were asking for it because they couldn't find it. Because as soon as it hit the Internet, DC started their shenanigans and saying, wait a second, you can't post this. This is not okay. And so somebody had the idea of, wait a second, let's let's get this off the internet. Let's put this out into the public. Because again, if you weren't an internet person, you're not reading this. And this is 95. Mm. I don't know that most people had the internet. Mm. So someone said, let's get this out there. How can we do this? And that someone's name is Rich Johnston. Yes. The very same owner of Bleeding Cool, fun fact, ran a publishing company in the 90s called Twist and Shout Comics. And Twist and Shout Comics had their comics. They had the X-Files that they were publishing. And then I believe the other book was called Dirt that they had that they were trying to get over. Was X-Files and, a, an IP of the show or did the show come after the comic? I, I guess it's irrelevant. I just thought. It's, it's based on the show, I gotcha. believe. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, it has to be. Otherwise, that would be nuts. Um, but the book's called Dirtbag, by the way, the other book that uh, they were promoting. But Richard Johnson wanted to publish Twilight through his publishing company and struck a deal with Alan Moore to publish the proposal titled Alan Moore's Twilight, A Proposal. Now, I will refer to the actual comments that Rich Johnson made in the Google group in 1995. We're going back to December 95. 
Well, it's no real news for the internet, but Alan Moore has agreed to allow Twist and Shout Comics, that's me, to print the Twilight Proposal. So hopefully for April, there will be a solicitation for Alan Moore's Twilight Proposal. The book will exist to allow non-net users to read the work and also to promote the name of Twist and Shout Comics for next month's Dirtbag 6. This excited so many people. But it also caused people to question how this could even be possible. How could you publish this with DC's characters? Mm -hmm. People were citing law, saying that there was precedent for them being allowed to do this, citing a book called The Uncensored Mouse, a comic book published with a blank cover that included inside the early tales of Mickey Mouse, of course, owned and copyright by Disney. People felt that because that was possible at the time, that it must mean that you could publish a book with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman in it and not get any fire from DC Comics. Of course, that's not true. Disney went to bat for their Mickey Mouse. And as it turns out, they were right. The company that was publishing the book actually didn't have their facts straight, and the copyright had not yet actually uh, rolled over. Um, and so Disney went to court and they were able to win 30 years too early. <laughs> and they, yeah. And they never will. Yeah. And they, I mean, they were literally republishing old Mickey Mouse, exactly. which is like, you know, a big no, no, but uh, Warren Ellis actually took to the Google net to ask Rich Johnston to ask Alan Moore <laughs> if DC had paid him because if DC paid him, and if Alan Moore has a check that explains what the what he was paid for, if he was paid for that proposal, DC's got all rights. But if they haven't, then Alan Moore has a case. Then it's just and a spec so, script at that point. Right. Yeah. And so on December 14th, Rich Johnson posted an update and he said, sigh. You know it's something when a person starts a sentence with a sigh. Was it the uh, asterisk, sigh, asterisk? No. No? Okay. Right. There was no woos here. Okay. No. He said, I received an email today from Jay Kogan, DC Comics Director of Legal Affairs. By the way, I think he's still at DC all these years later. Damn. Um, referring back. Just before I was going to get in contact with them. Full of phrases like, quote, Violate our rights, end quote, without limitation, end quote. We ask you to confirm. Apparently, DC not only claim ownership of the characters, but also the proposal. Looks like we'll have to pull this from our schedule, guys. I've replied asking if there's any way we could cooperate on this, but after email with friendly Patty Jarris, I'm not holding my breath. Not even a month later, we get another update. On January 4th of 1996, Rich Johnston uh, posts, he says, uh, Alan Moore's Twilight, a proposal ain't happening, folks. Talks with DC have stalled. Stalled as in up Shit's Creek without a hardback watchman. And apparently, every DC editor has now heard of me. Well, perhaps I can turn that around into an opportunity. <laughs> I would say Rich made a, made good on that opportunity for what it's worth. Yep. And so the question at hand now is whether or not DC has the rights to the proposal itself. Someone tested that. Someone said, you know what? I'm not satisfied 
with the idea that we can't post this proposal. I'm going to challenge it. And so this is what they did. This is from hobos.com. <laughs> and we go all the way back to the summer of 97. And this is the post. Well, after yet another month of waiting, I have re-enabled Moore's Twilight proposal. Over a month ago, DC's lawyer promised proof of copyright ownership, quote, within a few weeks. That has not arrived. Therefore, I can only assume that Moore still owns the copyright on this presentation. As near as I can tell, they still haven't registered the copyright. The proposal will, however, only be available during standard working hours <laughs> from Eastern Time, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It is thus only available during the hours when DC's lawyers can present proof that the copyright was, in fact, transferred. So here's the issue. DC is telling the internet at this time, you can't publish our copyrighted material. And so they would receive a copyright strike, whatever that looked like at that time, whenever they would do it. The thing is that when asked to produce the proof that they actually own it, DC never has. Literally to this day right now, they never have. And so this guy tested their gangster. And he said, okay, if you own the copyright, produce it between the hours of 9 and 5 and I'll never do this again. Womp. And they did it. Call the bluff. Wouldn't yep. the copyright on the characters be enough? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So we got updates about this over over the years. Um, in Christmas of 98, we got an update that said DC still hasn't reached out. So the, the proposal is going to stay online. February of 98, though, Whoa, that that doesn't no ninety nine February of ninety nine. Uh, we got an update that said Yowzers received a letter in the mail from DC today. No wonder it took them so long. Rather than find the proof they actually own the copyright, which proof I am increasingly sure does not exist at all, they actually sent the proposal off to U.S. Copyright Office in their name ten years after it was created. That's this funny. This doesn't mean anything morally, of course. Anyone could do that. You could pop the latest Superman off the copyright office in your name, and they'd probably just stamp it and file it, and everything would be hunky-dory until DC found out and let the feds know, at which point you would be hit for $2,500 fine. Unfortunately, the only person who could really contest this is Alan Moore. So the Twilight proposal was offline, at least at this site, indefinitely. What hmm. was Alan Moore paid for this? Did he, did he ever say? To my knowledge, and I tried hard, I could not find a single instance of Alan Moore talking about this. Hmm. Talking about whether he was paid or just talking about it at all. Talking about it. Gotcha. Not one reference to anything. If he wasn't paid, then in my mind, it's like, what's the difference between this and fan fiction then? Yeah, that was my my, my mind was going. The difference would be, in my mind, in terms of why why they didn't do it, is the fact that it does include their characters, and so at that point, it's you're you're getting money off the fan fiction. I That's, mean, like, not in terms of the publishing, but in terms of having it online. Oh well, they stopped. They stopped uh, ha uh, hounding people. Yes, got, got it. Okay, yeah. Um, I think at this point. I mean, I have a little bit of like a um, a conspiracy theory. I'll, I'll share it with you. You, I do. <laughs> I don't. I have no knowledge that this is true or not. I think that the only reason 
that they pursued this copyright so vehemently at that time is because of Kingdom Come. Oh, interesting. Sure. Because Kingdom yeah, Come sure. is a very similar. Let sure, me not okay. say it. it's it's a similar story with similar ideas. Structure. And if Twilight Proposal was already available, if you look at the Google groups, people already once it came out, people already said, "Oh my God, yeah, Mark Wade ate this completely." Mm. So I think they were trying to control the narrative on that. Mm. That's just my theory. And that then when sense. when the conversation about what DC did to Alan Moore went so south, they were like, "Well, we can't, we can't, you know, be seen as monsters in this." At all. We're not going to pay the man, but we're also just going to let this rock. <laughs> so, um, a number of elements from Twilight are obviously present in a lot of different stories. Uh, we've talked about it. We've talked about the, what's the book that uh, Tom Taylor has? The Dark Knights of Steel? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Dark Knights of Steel has a similar concept of like the houses and things like that. Um, but that you know, has a similar and, concept from Game of Thrones. You know, absolutely. It's, it's, abs- yeah, 100%. And we yeah. can go on and on with the kinds of things that have similarities. But to Tyler's point, you could also attribute it to something else, right? Was uh, George um, R. R. Martin in those forms? <laughs> I didn't see him. Uh, this is taken from a Wikipedia article. A number of story elements from Twilight of the Superheroes have made their way into works later published by DC Comics. The 1991 crossover Armageddon 2001, for example, involves a messenger from the future traveling to the present to convince superheroes to avoid a disastrous future. That is what uh, Rip Hunter and uh, uh, Constantine. Uh, Constantine are doing. A dark future vision of superheroes as irresponsible was shown in the series Kingdom Come. DC later introduced a more flexible approach to continuity, similar to what Moore proposed with the idea of hypertime. Finally, the miniseries Infinite Crisis, along with the series New 52, or rather 52, introduced reintroduced the multiverse to DC Comics. Other changes to individual characters that have appeared in the proposal, such as Teen Titans Cyborg becoming almost wholly mechanical, were introduced as well. It's hard to parse out what could have been taken and what not, because the idea to bring back the multiverse is not novel. Moore had it in 87, but it's not weird to me to think that another DC genius would come up with that. Right. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm about to make a food analogy, so bear with me. But it, it's like uh, if, you know, a dish had, you know, like like think of Twilight of the Superheroes as like a sandwich, all these different ingredients and certain layers and stuff. You know, then somebody else decided to use turkey. Somebody else uses mayo somewhere else. You know, it's... Right. I, I don't see how taking individual parts is, A, taking from Twilight of the Superheroes, because anyone can come up with, a, you know, the same thought. Um, or B, if this was, you know, in, in a drawer somewhere and, you know, editors referenced it and be like, hey, we got this idea you can take from it, you know. I don't know if they uh, used it as a, almost like a Frankenstein sort of situation. Like a sounding they board. Just, for yeah, they like just term. salvaged parts for it, yeah. Right. Well, Alan Moore's never spoken on the subject, but the creators of Kingdom Come have. So Alex Ross was asked by Wizard Magazine, uh, I believe it was 98, but I don't have the date in front of me, uh, about the origin of Kingdom Come. And he said, initially, I pitched the story to James Robinson because I figured he was a young wannabe Alan Moore. Oof. And I wanted this thing to be as much like a Watchmen-type project as possible. 
Mark Wade was the one who came most well recommended by DC editors in terms of his love and knowledge of, of the history of DC heroes. And that's how marriage occurred. Stop. Now I'm going to go right to what Mark Wade said. Because remember what I said. Mark Wade was an editor at the time. This is what Mark Wade said. I read Twilight in 1988 or 89. So or so when I was a DC editor and I loved it. Alex, however, had never read it until we were well into the second or third issue of Kingdom Come after it was all blocked. It's possible that some small elements of Moore's pitch influenced some of my own ideas. That's what good writing is supposed to do. But I think we ultimately took the DCU in a more hopeful direction. Now, I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm not even saying I believe it. But let's put the pieces together. Alex Ross wants to do a big epic at DC similar to Marvel's that he did at, at Marvel. He wants an Alan Moore type writer. He wants a Watchmen type feel. DC does not give him James Robinson. Who do they give him? They give him a person who already read Twilight to tell a story that is similar to Twilight. Now, that's not the only reason they would choose to give him Mark Wade. Mark Wade is highly talented, probably one of the best writers DC had at that time, and still true. Mark Wade feels like DC's Busiek if they want to make the Marvels comparison, you know? Yeah. In yeah, terms absolutely. of the guy who, like, just knows DC in and out. So I can see them doing that. Um, and he's a little more tried and tested, more of a company man, too. Robinson I think it's complete. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Robinson was kind of a hot shot, I feel like, uh, you know, in terms of the, the kind of stuff he wrote. I don't believe in my heart of hearts that they deliberately stole. Sure. But if someone like the argument that I just made, I can't you can't really refute it either. This is why movie studios and television studios do not take spec scripts for the same characters. Yeah, right. If I if I write It's Always Sunny, you know, an episode of that and I send that to one of the writers, they cannot look at it. They cannot open an email. They can't do anything because if I have proof that they've looked at it. If anyone read any part of it in any anything like that shows up in the show later on, I can sue. Yeah, it's just liability. Comics are the same. Yeah. Um, I would also argue just and you know, there's no way anything here is provable, but I would also argue, like, you know, Wade says it's possible, you know, I read Twilight, it's possible some of that stuff influenced my writing. I guess the argument of whether he stole it sort of depends on when he would have read it. 88 or 89. So nearly a decade, uh, almost a decade earlier. Yeah. So, but, yeah, my yeah, my point being is like maybe they're maybe they're in the back of his head, you know, but after a, a decade, assuming he didn't read it again, you know, in that in between time. Look, and I'm sure, Kale, you can you can say this as well. I've had ideas that I think are awesome and I'm way into them. And then I realize down the road of iterating on it, like, oh shit, wait, this is just like that other thing that I like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or this is that similar plot twist, or this is like that happens constantly. So you can easily give Mark Wade the benefit of the doubt in that way. The problem is that it never looks good for DC. Because if you if you take it, if you take it at face value, right, 
which people aren't really inclined to do anyways. Um, obviously, DC did Alan Moore super dirty. And here's this great story that everybody wants to read that now they don't get to. But we get Kingdom Come, which some people thought was inferior, right? So that's that's unfortunate for, for DC. But then on the other hand, people are inclined to think that DC would rob Alan Moore, steal his pitch, or not steal, he gave it to them, but then like not pay him for it, and then assert copyright that they don't necessarily have on the pitch because he didn't get paid, and then mine it for everything that they can and use it to tell stories a decade plus down the road. The other thing that I'm thinking of, Moore is very open with what DC did with him and Watchmen, right? Very vocal about it. The fact that he doesn't talk about this smells like, oh, he probably got paid then. I think if he got paid, then DC would have just produced copyright. Right. Yeah. I think he I think he does. He doesn't talk about it out of like maybe pride or something. Just yeah, this is a thing that I did. I like, that's why, the stuff why, he talks why do you need about, to bring it though. up? He I have a, doesn't care about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was only just a proposal, let's be honest. It's not like there was a full book made. Um, even in his proposal, it's very wishy-washy <laughs> about what's, you know, set in stone and what's not. Let me ask you guys a question. Did you know? That's so funny. Mark McGrath in the chat just said exactly what was coming next. Oh, yeah. Uh, Is it? That I was going to ask, did, did you know that DC actually ended up publishing it? So DC published the uh, the Twilight pitch document in a book called DC Through the 80s, The End of Eras. And this came out uh, just a couple of years ago or so, and it features the pitch, doc- the pitch document. Um, I read it. It is soulless. It feels uninteresting they don't give it any context it's presented flatly there's no preamble there's no lead-in it's just the pitch document like like verbatim just whatever they had just plastered that with some like you know like they like a blue background and but that's it no character art nothing just the words and reading it um it actually made me feel angry at DC. Did you say because, death threats? Sorry? You didn't send death threats, did you? No. <laughs> All right, good, good. Because it's like, man, you guys fought hard for this in the 90s. You didn't pay Alan Moore for it. This was 40 years ago, and you're just going to publish it like this, not acknowledging the controversy or your role in it? or all the years that people tried to get this and couldn't, it feels wrong. They didn't pay him, uh, assumedly. We don't know that for a fact. But I'm assuming they didn't pay him a red cent for this. That feels wrong. And I don't think Alan Moore would take DC's money now, outside of whatever royalty checks he gets for Watchmen. I'm assuming he gets some kind of royalty. I think he does. I think he's sworn it all off. Oh, well, there you go. I think uh, Gibbons gets it all. Right, yeah. To oh, me, yeah? that's disgusting. But by his choice, Marco. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so um, coming into this, I had specific thoughts about Alan Moore. Mm. And I wanted to see if this process would change how I felt about Alan Moore. I felt like Alan Moore was a bitter old man who didn't get what he thought was his just desserts. And so he was throwing a temper tantrum and was mad that the book that he wrote connected too well with people. That's what I always felt, right? After eight weeks plus of thinking about this, writing about it, reading about it, digging very deeply, going all the way back into the 90s, my mind has changed. I don't see Alan Moore like that anymore. I have a deep sadness now for what happened to Alan Moore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a deep sadness. That's how I, that's how I always felt. It's just creator's rights are, are non-existent. Right. But what I'm talking about comes from a slightly different place. Mm. Because what I learned about Alan Moore that I didn't know before is that he loved this. He loved it so, so, so much. He still loves comics, but comics hurt him. And he watched it happen. This man watched it happen already to Ditko. He watched it happen. And it happened to him. And he let DC slide. This is when, when the proposal was made. Him and DC weren't on the absolute best of terms already. But it was still an energetic proposal. It was uh, full of uh, passion for that world and what it was. Yeah. 100%. You couldn't write this proposal. You couldn't have these ideas without having a deep passion. And it's in the proposal. It's dripping with passion. It's in how he talks about it. He loves it. It's so clear. He's not, he doesn't hate superheroes at this time. Maybe he's warped now based on how things have gone for him, but he loves them so deeply. And you know who also knows this? His daughter. Yep. Leah Moore has talked about her father. And and I wanted to read some of her quotes as we close because I think they, they hit on what I'm sort of talking about. Quote, seeing folks sharing the Hollywood Reporter article, uh, this is a reference to creators not getting their just desserts. And he sa- and she says, and wondering how this is news? It's why my dad walked, why he's been angry for 30 plus years, why he doesn't want to chit chat about movie or TV. He was the best and they did it to him. And every interviewer acted like he was alone. He tried to make them into something that provoked thought and feelings, that addressed issues, that spoke to people the way superheroes had always spoken to him. That seems crazy to me. I have his collection of Marvel comics, dog-eared from reading, from love. I heard so many times about his excitement at finding a stash of secondhand Marvel comics in a junk shop, in a box, or buying them off spinners in Great Yarmouth on holiday. He He could not love superhero comics more if he tried. Jack Kirby was his idol. Ditko was his idol. The medium he adored was ruled by corrupt despots, that the people who made that magic were abused, that their contribution was not valued, that it was stolen from them. 
He already hated that before Watchmen. He hated or he already knew Kirby had been shafted. So when it happened to him and then again and then again, it wasn't just a business deal gone awry or a bit of bad luck. It broke him. The thing he loved most, the thing he poured all his time and energy into for his whole entire life, he could not do anymore. Can you imagine if he hadn't been fucked over? Instead of being grumpy Alan Moore shouting from his cave, he had spent 40 years, the past 40 years, putting out book after book for DC and the rest, creating vast worlds full of the superheroes he loves, enjoying comics. It's a damn shame. I agree. It is a damn shame. It almost makes you think, like, what if Moore was around? Maybe started comics, you know, a decade later, you know, in, in you know, the catch that image wave um, where creator owned stuff was more accessible and much more mainstream. What things would have been like then? But I mean, he ended up doing stuff with, um, was it 1963? Sure. He did stuff, but this was post him already being jaded by mm, everything. Sure. It, it is, it is Alan Moore through a lens. Right. There are still amazing Alan Moore works that come out. Alan Moore has done a lot of great things since the yeah. DC days. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about it because he's not working for Marvel or DC. And therefore, you know, the publishing power to put, you know, um, advertising behind it is not the same. But Alan Moore is still a tremendous creator, still a highly celebrated creator with the works that he would go on to do. I just feel sad for what we didn't get from the superhero end. And I feel sad for him because his life could have been different. He could have been so happy. I think about Bret Hart, the wrestler, and what people say about him and what he became after his career was cut short. It's the same. Yeah, Alan is bitter. Yeah, he's grumpy. Yeah, he's jaded. But there's a good reason for that. Any final questions for big companies Twilight? suck? I don't know. <laughs> this has always been my my thought of Alan Moore. It's 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 more of a tragedy, really, than anything. Yeah. Um. I personally wish he he would talk about it a little more, you know. But that's not my call. Um, yeah, more information would make it a better conversation to have honestly the, the the story of alan moore as a creative um as a creative mind uh, i think is rife for potential in its own right as you know i don't want to mono, you know uh uh commod uh turn someone's commodify? life into a commodity commodify yeah i don't want to commodify someone's you know life story but that's just you know things we do but you know well, Mark McGrath makes another great comment in the chat. Uh, the tragedy of the more DC split isn't about who was right legally or morally. The tragedy is that a company chose not to have 10 more Watchmen level projects for maybe the best comic writer ever. 100 million percent. I don't give a damn how much money they're making off Watchmen. You mean to tell me that if Alan Moore sticks around at DC and you give him what he's worth, 
that maybe Twilight doesn't become a Watchmen level success. Maybe it's not Twilight. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a run on Green Lantern. Maybe it's a run on some, whatever it is. That's not worth yeah. something. Yeah. Not worth more. Well, the, the trajectory of comic books changes forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Appreciate all the support over these seven episodes about Twilight of the Superheroes. This is definitely one of the highest highs of my time as a part of this show. So thank you for enjoying it. Appreciate the enthusiasm and the engagement. I will do this again. We will do this again. Um, don't know about what necessarily, but we will We will do another deep dive. If you've got ideas for what we should do a deep dive on, let us know. Share those. Because there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about. I chose this uh, for a lot of reasons because I didn't know the story. And I had bad feelings about Alan Moore. And I wanted to challenge myself. And I'm so grateful that I did that. And I'm grateful that I have a platform to do that on. So thanks a lot. If you enjoyed that, if you enjoyed our show today, if you enjoy what we do in general, patreon.com slash the comics palace is the best way to show us your support. We talked earlier about voting, voting with your dollar about the comics that you don't like. Vote with your dollar for the podcast that you do like. Um, we've got a lot on offer. You get a name and a shout out here on the show um, for a certain tier. You get access to early voting on the book club. Well, voting in general in the book club, early access to anything that's available early on our end, our exclusive show over there called Palling Around. You get access to our newsletter. So we're, you know, we're, we're packing it on, on our Patreon page. Um, so that's patreon.com slash the comic spouse. If you want to check that out, we really appreciate it. Watch this show live every Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls. Check us out on Tuesday, May 2nd, for the Lazarus Book Club. Lazarus by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. First three volumes if you want to catch up to read along with us. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, join our Discord server. We've got people joining, which we're you know we're really thankful for. You guys are great. Appreciate the uh, the interactions over there. Come hang out with us. Links to this links in the description. To anything we've talked about, anything we're 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 you know we're wanting you guys to know about, there's a link too. So hit that link. Uh, Kale plugs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals, episode three hundred and forty. Uh, you can find me and my work at kaleward.com. That's c a l e w a r d dot dot com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram for as long as that dumb bird app is still working. Uh, at Toto in Toe. That's T O T O I N T O W. Um, I watched um, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers anniversary special. Um, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I, heard it's, I heard it. <laughs> it yeah, was pretty I bad. Heard it's a thing. Damn. Um, but I think if you if you watched Power Rangers as a kid and you were into it, I think if you like, you won't get past the bad stuff. You won't. It's bad, <laughs> but. They hit that sweet spot where you can feel it again. You you really yeah. can. Is the putties uh, that do it? Putties are there. Nice. Um, you know, uh, hearing Billy and Zach do the uh, the morphing business. I gotta tell you, it feels really good. <laughs> um, so bad or not, um, I think it's worth um worth a watch it's only an hour and it's an easy hour 
I'll be watching. Can't wait. Marco? You can follow me at Mr. Marco Nomoto on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I went to Coachella this past weekend, and that is going to be the majority of my, that is going to be my newsletter this week. So stay tuned uh, for my thoughts. My first time going, a lot of good music. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to spiel. I'm going to, I'm going to talk a whole lot about it. And then if I touch on it, I, I might, I don't know if I have enough time for all of it, but uh, there's some AI stuff that I've been working on. So Rose, how dare you use AI? Cool. Tyler. Um, I'm still pissed. Marco didn't go to Charlie XX to set at Coachella. I'm just saying, just saying. Uh, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. Um, my cat says it's lunchtime. No, it's food. Just, I have an automatic feeder. I just heard it go off. He just wants attention. Um, uh, what can you talk to me about? I have a uh, shipment of some figures coming in uh, that I forgot I pre-ordered, uh, which after what the IRS did to me uh, was a was a double hit. But it's fine. It's fine. So those might be coming soon. If you like X Men, um, we'll see what happens. What the IRS did to me. Well, technically what someone else forced me to do, which then messed with my taxes. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. I had a great time today, and that's all I want to say. All I want to say is today's a good show. I had a lot of fun, and I uh, hope you guys had a good time too. We will see you next week. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Until then, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.